Hello there, Comic Clan, and welcome to Comics in the Cross, the greatest streamers you have never heard of. I, of course, am one of your hosts for today, one of the dynamic duo of Twitch Cross, along with my partner Nitro, who is up in this corner. Skeet spot. What's, What's up, good people? Hey, Ads, thank you so much for coming in with that host. We appreciate it, brother. Thank you. Um, and as you can tell, we are not a duo for today's podcast. We are joined by a very special guest, good friend of the channel, Mr. Locksteady, up in this corner today. He's just shown us all up with the freaking background he decided to bring with him today. Let me Listen, do Go big or go home, what can I say? <laughs> Showing us up with the green screen, man. I'd say, uh, who's that handsome devil at the top? <laughs> uh, I'm actually at the bottom of the screen, but you know, thank you, bud. <laughs> Yeah, let's let those shout outs cover up him. So. Yeah, I was going to say, like, well, I met, well, I placed that shout out <laughs> wrong, didn't I? Oh man, that's hilarious. I'm going to move that over a bit so I'm not totally off camera when it pops up. I didn't plan that properly. Cameron, <laughs> I'm here every Sunday, so I'm not exactly sure what you're trying to get at. But... <laughs> wow, I'm going to say, like, Nitro, should I just leave? Apparently, I'm going to see, <laughs> to see Locke today, apparently. I'm like, wow. I mean, you brought the thunder. What, uh, what do you want? <laughs> Skeet spot. Up. There we go. A there it is. of the Comic Clan has been promoted. Kano's Smalls with the sub. Is coming Excelsior. in with a resub. Gracias. Continuing her time on the Stan Clan. Thank you so much, Smalls. We appreciate it. We know you're here for log, but nonetheless, we appreciate your resub. She has an excuse to be here for log, though. So <laughs> we can let that one slide. But yeah, we are here. Another episode of the podcast. We are actually hitting episode 40 today of the podcast, which is kind of crazy. To Cross, I, ha I have to comment. You're getting quite a pop collection behind you. Yeah, I'm going to say it's like... Well, I'm, I'm really proud of you, man. I'm really proud of you. Yeah, I'm starting to show them off now. It's like, well, my plan originally was I'd love to have like statues and stuff behind me, but I don't have that many at the moment, and I've got more pops, so I thought I was going to stack the pops up for now until I can find something else to do with them, and it's just kind of stuck like that for the last little while. So... But yeah, it's, but it's not bad. A lot of people display them like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I tend to take most of mine out of the box. I know that's probably like... But, I mean, that's how I like to display them, so it is what it is. Honestly, I keeping mean, them I in the, the box is just easier to display like that. Because yeah. I don't have to get a stand for them or something. I can literally put the boxes on top of yeah. each other. <laughs> I mean, I definitely still have some in the box, just not most of them. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, there's, uh, always, think... there's always some special ones you keep in the boxes, you know. I think part of the distinction is when you say you collect pops is the do you collect them for dollar value or sentimental mm -hmm. value yeah because if it's dollar value then taking them out of the box is the biggest of no-nos but sentimental yeah. value yeah. if you have it because it's cool but I'm not gonna lie how it looks best you know <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna lie if you're collecting them for dollar value then you probably shouldn't be doing that in the first place because like you're not gonna get anything back for these I don't know man people said that about Beanie Babies in the beginning I know, but like I, I just I feel like even with the Beanie Baby thing, like even like pops are just so much more. Oh yeah, like there are so many pops. Hey, filth free coming in with that raid. What is up? Approaching. Thank you so much, filth free. Nigel, can we get a shout out for filth free? Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you so much for that raid. How are you doing, filth? It's good to see you. 
Uh, looks like you're playing a little bit of Apex update. Legends. There is a new member of the Hey, Alexi, Alexi, Alexi coming in with that follow. Party. Thank you so much. Welcome. We appreciate it. There is so much freaking going on in chat right now. <laughs> Welcome on in. We've got Sensitive Joy coming in. Love your face, Joy. Glad you could join us. We have got... Well, chat is flying there. King Titan Atlas, another good friend of ours, jumping on in. Uh, so humors like hey filth. Isaac coming in there. Fluffing the heck. Dang. Uh, Co-op here. He was here earlier, but he's in as well. You can make a bank off of pops. Actually, highly collectible. Yeah, uh, yeah, certain ones. Good. So, add yeah, said the horror. Worth money. Yeah, yeah. Ad said the horror of opening a Funko. Yeah, you don't absolutely. want to see my office. Like, it's littered with open Funkos. Yeah. So, I mean, I, it is what it is. This is more like for the display purposes. <laughs> but honestly, I'm not big on the whole like keeping them as like collectible, valuable things like that. Yeah, like, I'm not. That's not why I get Funkos. In fact, I bear and honestly, I barely buy Funkos. I have bought very few of these. These have all been stuff I've either been gifted or won, like legitimately. <laughs> yeah, there's very few I've actually bought myself. Uh, kind of small, I take all of mine out of the box and totally get that. It's easier to display them in the box. I will have to have her take a picture of the top of her computer desk and, and post it in your Discord. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, it's absolutely. Just completely littered. And, yeah. I was going to say I've bought very few of my Funkos too, but then I realized my wife has bought me several of them. So by proxy, I've bought several of my Funkos. <laughs> yeah, kind of. You didn't, you didn't go out of your way to buy them yourself. But yeah, uh, Isaac saying, and that's what counts. Isaac saying he can't stick He's around moved. and hasn't caught the series yet. No problem at all, Isaac. We appreciate you lurking with us. Cameron says lock might be a bit quiet. Uh, Sounds good on my end, but I'll turn it off. We touch. Um, sends up Joy saying, "I'm glad you muted." Shout out, Spanish or vulgar. Thank you for the <laughs> shout out. You are welcome, Joy. If it makes you feel any better, when they shouted me out, the clip that popped up was from when I played Super Liminal, and it was one of the first times when I was, like, completely all by my lonesome, and I was like, uh -oh. I don't know what I said in that clip. I am so glad <laughs> that the volume is off. I don't need that to be my representation at the beginning of this episode. That's right. hilarious. So I turned up his volume a little bit. Let me know if that's okay for Locke. Let me know if Nitro's okay as well. Yeah, okay, I feel better. Uh, so it's a balance uh, issue. Oh, okay, got it. But he is quiet compared to y'all. Not allowed to keep the boxes for Swankos anymore because I never knew. I never know he intends to sell them. It's true. I've been. We have very limited space, and I have this very bad habit of keeping the box for everything. I, I still have thing. the box that my PlayStation Three came in. Okay, log, <laughs> you, you need to let go of some things, man. If you're still got the box, the PS Three came in. I did. I got, I got rid of a lot. Like, a lot. I even managed to get rid of a lot of the boxes for my collector's edition of games. Because mm. um, a lot of them, for a while, it was, like, huge cardboard box, insert for statue, game case, nothing else. Smalls was saying he wouldn't even sell his ROB when it was worth big bucks. I got rid of it. Then, what are you talking about? <laughs> I I told you to get rid of them because I could never do it myself so I feel like I should get some credit you do it no I did I was like I'm going to work please get rid of several of these boxes while I don't want to know what happened 
<laughs> I don't need to see this. Ah, <laughs> uh, dear. But thank you so much for everyone that's came in and joined us. This is this has gone off the rails already. I'm yeah, not surprised. Completely. 100%. It's okay, though. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Just so this is now week. a podcast, right? A yeah, pretty much. That was totally my <laughs> fault. Um, just get me a steelbook case and an art book. I don't need anything else for my collector's editions. That was humor. Uh, Co-op saying, look, I understand sentimental value. Uh, look, sh shout out covering cross reminded me of Monsters Inc. when you get covered by the circle sticker. <laughs> yeah, sounds about cover. right. <laughs> Alright, so... Uh, we do actually have a couple of news topics for this week I did want to throw it to you guys just to kind of open us up before we actually delve into talking Masters of the Universe. Do it. Which for anyone who's here and hasn't read the title underneath is yes, we are talking uh, Masters of the Universe Revelation. And we're going to be we're going to spoil the crap out of it. Yeah, we're going to be doing a spoiler cast on the first five episodes of it, which according there's to gonna IMDB, be there's going to be up to ten as part of season one. And oh, is it up to ten now? Yeah, it was like I think Ooh, it was like, I, I think it was like six to ten. Like it's meant to drop, unless I misread it, but I'm sure it was. I don't know well, when they're I, dropping. But... There's going to be some yeah. pretty heavy spoilers like right away. So just mm. a heads up to everybody. Oh yeah, there's going to be massive spoilers for this. Like, yeah, I just uh, when when you were like, hey, do you want to come on this? I went and I I watched it obviously, but then I also went to look it up and yeah yeah it's 10 now there were only oh, seven awesome. slated when i looked but now there's 10 yeah slated so they're meant to be one. dropping another like whole half of this first season so we are going to be reviewing oh, this but this is only going to be this is like where it stops is like this is half the season there's another half of the story and um, so we're basically reviewing the half season because there's not a release date for the second half yet and we'll get into some of the controversy and find out if there is going to be a second half of the season that they drop thanks to mr kevin what? smith <laughs> what's what's interesting about that and my parting thought on the episode count thing is that when I saw there were seven there was also an entry for season two and uh, so now there's ten episodes but no season two so oh, I wonder that if that factors into just... whatever you're about to <laughs> bring up that could be interesting if they've changed that then like hey let's just yeah, do a definitely. nice season and end it there that'll be lovely let's just uh, try to forget about i'm sure so we do have a couple of things that have happened this week i wanted to bring up just in news first of all uh we'll not get into the heavy one quite yet because I, I don't want to delve too deep into the heavy one i want to try and do some light stuff as well and um, we got the official trailer for ghostbusters afterlife dropped this week what did you guys Please. think of the trailer? Like, we got a kind of teaser trailer last year, and then it disappeared along with everything else, thanks to the whole COVID thing, um, and everything basically being pushed off for a year. But we officially got a trailer for Ghostbusters Afterlife. So, what were your guys' thoughts on it? Because I know you guys are Ghostbusters fans. Alak, I'll let you go first. Well, mine's going to be real, real short. I haven't watched it yet. Mm. You haven't watched the trailer yet? No, I kept meaning to watch it with Smalls, and and because we do that, like when when really cool trailers come out, we'll yep. wait and watch them together. Uh, and, and in part, I had been waiting to watch it with both her and and not so silent Bob and Raven Knight, but then they did not join us this weekend. And uh, you know, Smalls and I've been busy doing other stuff, and then I just plain forgot. And I know it's out, and I'm excited to watch the trailer as much as I'm excited to watch the movie, but I haven't watched it yet, so. And y'all can talk about whatever. Like I'm, I'm not worried about the trailer getting spoiled. So, whatever your thoughts are, feel free. All right. What about you, Nigel? What did you think about it? 
I just I'm I'm just saying over and over in my brain, please be good, please be good, please be good. So that's that's it. That's all I have. It looks awesome. I'm a huge I... fan of Paul Rudd. Um, but I just Same. hope it. I heard I heard uh, Dan Aykroyd in the trailer, so you know yep. we'll we'll see what happens, man. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie. I saw this trailer and I'm like, I'm hyped for this movie. I think this is gonna potentially be really good. Um, we got a lot of the same stuff that we'd seen previously, you know, like the kids in Act One and stuff, and we got to see like the new equipment of like the chair that shoots out the car and like the ghost trap that's on wheels that <laughs> going after yeah. a ghost and stuff. Um, we got a lot of stuff that was definitely hinting at a big bad. Um, and along with that, we also got a look at what looked like an old school Ghostbusters villain of either the dog that was gatekeeper or keymaster. I thought that was him. Chasing I that down. Him. I don't know who they were chasing down. I can't remember, but like it was definitely looked like it was one of the dogs from the first one. And mm-hmm. um, hinting that obviously, could we see Goza return? Possibly. It's been a hot minute since I've seen the original. Weren't those dogs animated? gargoyles claymation they were claymation yeah like claymation no no, no not like how not how were they created but like in the story like they were gargoyles on the roof that got yeah. animated as part of the thing right yeah like they weren't demons that popped out of the portal and i'm pretty sure they were the gargoyles at the top of uh, sigourney weaver's building no that's, no, no, that's what i thought i'm pretty right? sure did they not appear at the start of it like when she first opens like when sigourney weaver first opens the fridge and sees like gozer's throne are the dogs not there like are Oh, uh, so I think, alright, I could be wrong. I could be way off, but I think what happens is there's a portal, basically, that turns the top of her building into Dozer's throne. And those dogs are there, I, th- I think. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Dozer. <laughs> Dozer. You mean Gozer? That would there, be a heck of a cro- That's exactly yeah, what That I would heard. be a heck of a crossover. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> the top of Sigourney's Weaver, uh, Sigourney Weaver's <laughs> building is now just Fraggle Rock. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Like it's just a dozer from Fraggle Rock building up. I consistently get names wrong. Stop giving me a hard time. It's no. a thing. No. Okay, never. but when you get a perfect mashup like that, you can't let that go. Nitro. I can't let that go. I, See, if I was true. any sort of gifted at making videos, that that would be something I would be making a like mashup trailer of and putting up on our channel if I had yeah, any sort see of. See what happens is. See what happens is Bowser appears at the top of the Sigourney Weaver's building. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, we got the we got the first look at that as well. We got a look at Janine making an appearance, the original actress, Annie Potts, and that played Janine in Ghostbusters One and Two, actually making an appearance. Who mm-hmm. I, I do have to say, she looks practically the same, just white hair now. Mm-hmm. She looks almost exactly the same as she did back then, just a little older and like pure white hair. And then the biggest kind of reveal that we got was as it was mentioned was Dan Aykroyd's voice we got to hear Ray as Paul Rudd and the kids uh, start looking through Ghostbusters stuff because we get confirmation that the kids as we kind of already assumed are the grandkids of Egon um, who has passed away now you know R.I.P. Harold Ramis absolute legend Um, but they find the old commercial for the Ghostbusters Mm-hmm. That from the first one, like the crappy TV commercial they made, and they dialed the number, and it rings through to what looks like his Ray's occult bookshop, <laughs> and you see him standing at the desk, like from here down, and picking it up, and tells them basically it's no longer active. They've got the wrong number, but it's definitely yeah. Dan Aykroyd's voice. Yeah, it definitely is. So we're going to get an appearance, definitely, of Dan Aykroyd and Annie Potts in this movie. Still no confirmation if we're going to see Bill Murray or 
Ernie Hudson, but um, yeah. definitely going to get at least one of the Ghostbusters making an appearance. Bill Murray better be in there. For what it's worth, they're both listed in IMDb as being part of the cast. Yeah, I mean, I'd, and it does not say rumored next to them. So I, I figured they would be part of it, and I'm like, if you're going to show up in the the crappy throwaway roles that you did in the 2016 Ghostbusters movie, you there's better, no way you're not gonna. You better actually it. show up as your yeah. characters in this one. Like, the, yeah. you better just show, up. even if it's just, just for just a minute. Up, you don't even need to be in it for that long. But overall, I I enjoyed the trailer. Overall, I thought yeah, it was really good, good, man. And I, I'm excited for it. I mean, I'm a fan Definitely of the Ghostbusters good. movie. I love the first two Ghostbusters movie. Yes, I love the second one. Don't at me. I like the second one too, man. It's a Stay it's puffed. a good movie. It's enjoyable. You know, it's like I love the second movie as much as I love the first one. I've loved them since I was a kid, so I am hyped for this. Yeah, I'm pumped. I'm just hope. I just hope it's good. I hope they don't fumble the ball on just a beloved property. <laughs> I want to very briefly share what popped into my head a second ago when you said you better at least make a cameo, and all my brain proffered up was Wolverine's cameo in X Men First Class. <laughs> Go up yourself. Like they roll up, they roll, <laughs> they roll up on Ernie Hudson in a bar. Just I I would be completely satisfied with that. I am not gonna lie, <laughs> dude. That would be awesome. I not, I not no more ghosts. <laughs> Dude, that'll be hilarious. Do you know how they have like for PG thirteen movies they have like allowance for one F word? One. That should be yeah. it. That should be it. Ernie Hudson. That's it. Sitting at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's man. hilarious. Alright, so that was one of our big bits of news. Um, another piece of news, just a brief one to throw out there, is um Ant Man and Wasp Quantum Mania has officially started production this week. Which is weird, right? Because isn't that not supposed to come out until like mid two thousand twenty three? Is it twenty twenty three? Is it twenty twenty three that comes out? I can't even remember where that comes yeah. out now. I'm so Well, they bumped the schedule around a bunch in the last yeah. year. Yeah. So much stuff has moved around. Like I'm having enough trouble focusing on all the stuff that's dropping this year, so goodness. The optimist no. in me says they saw how good um the gentleman who played uh Immortus on Loki Dang. did. Yeah. yeah. I forgot his name, the actor's name, uh, offhand. Uh, but they saw how good he did, and they were like, alright, so people really like this guy, so let's try to get Quantumania out uh, as soon as we can. Oh yeah, uh, Jonathan Majors, you mean? Yeah, uh, that's it, yeah. that's it. Jonathan yeah, because yeah, obviously he's going to be appearing back again. He's officially been cast as Kang in that. That's no spoiler. Yeah, I was going to say, my understanding, my understanding was his original casting announcement was for Ant-Man. Yeah, yeah. Not for this, right? So, okay. Yeah. February 17th, 2023 is the release date, which I guess that makes sense. No, that's early in the year, though. Yeah, that makes sense. I yeah, guess that then makes starting now. Especially with a lot of the stuff happening with COVID and the new like mm -hmm. strain of it and everything, yeah. they're probably giving a lot yeah, of you can to get different stuff done. Yeah. Uh, hey, Mallet, how's it going? So many people freaking out because the new Ghostbuster doesn't look like a comedy. But if I remember trailers for original movies, did it make it look like comedy? No. No, the original Ghostbuster trailers didn't look like comedy, and even elements no. of the actual movie are kind of more meant to be horror. They're intense. Like some of the the some of the stuff in the previous movies was intense, but yeah. that, obviously comedy throughout. But I would absolutely call it a dark comedy for sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. like the second one went a lot more humorous and a lot more comedic, but the first one has definitely got a lot of dark and horror elements to it. Uh, I like the X Men cameo in Deadpool two a lot myself. Yeah, yeah, that, that was, was hilarious. One of the best superhero cameos ever. They just shut the door in Deadpool when he doesn't see them. 
Uh, that is correct on Kang. It's like, almost yeah. like they didn't have a budget to. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that was oh, hilarious. Oh, amazing. Oh my gosh. I cannot wait to see what they do with him. Can we talk about the They can actually do everything with him. You just quickly say how excited I am. He's officially now MCU yes. thanks to that freaking yes. free guy trailer where it's him and Korg reviewing it. Yes. Which is obviously Ryan Reynolds and Taika Waititi who are both in the movie, which I'm like, that was just a genius idea by Disney. That was just absolutely. Let them do that. One of the best <laughs> ways to do that. <laughs> yes. Don't introduce him in a movie. Put him in a commercial for a completely different movie that has nothing to do with Marvel. All I want to see now is Deadpool and Korg for an extended period of time. And I'm like, putting Korg next to him, I'm like, that's the perfect person for him to bounce off of. I, I want them to just do movie reviews. Yeah. I, just, that's just it. a they, podcast movie review type thing. Yeah, I would happily watch that. I would quite happily sit and watch that. It was amazing. Like, has anyone else gutted like the Deadpool had like other like movie reviews that he was like showing beforehand? That, like I've done a few this a few times, and I like I kind of gutted they don't actually exist. Like I kind of sad this isn't an actual series that he's doing <laughs> movie reviews. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, what's cool about that though is that they've in general leaned really heavily into that sort of. Um, false fourth wall marketing with the Deadpool series. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw it, uh, or, and by you guys I mean everybody, not just you two. Um, but I want to say it was when Deadpool 2 came out. They had false sleeves where it was other movies front cover, but with yeah. Deadpool on it. Yeah, I saw that. So, like, the whole display was just like 20 other movie covers, but with Deadpool photoshopped into them. That's awesome. And it was just a little fake sleeve, like, and they just lean real hard into that stuff. Yeah, I, I love it. I think that's yeah. the perfect way to market that movie. Oh yeah, that I love, franchise. I mean, I love that they just let them go with it, and they just let them do their thing with the Deadpool stuff. And it's like it's so smart. Just they know what they're doing. Just leave them to mm -hmm. it. And they so prove they know what's up. Let them ride it out. Yep. Yep. So before we delve into Masters of the Universe, there was one big topic I did want to bring up for discussion. I. This will probably cause a little bit of discussion. I don't want it to go on for masses amount of time, uh, just because we do want to review the show still during the show today. Um, but it was revealed this week in news that Scarlett Johansson, known for playing Black Widow in the Marvel movies, is now officially suing Disney. Mm -hmm. um, due to the release of Black Widow, not just in movie theaters, but also on Disney Plus as part of their Premier Access. Yeah, and basically with this being around the fact of like that her paycheck was based upon movie box office mm -hmm. and obviously they were infringing on that by releasing it on Premier Access where people could watch it at home because that doesn't factor into the intake of people watching the movie and the movie their box office take mm -hmm. this then escalated as well with Kevin Feige apparently coming out stating that he was angry and embarrassed about the situation as well on her behalf and then we got another report of apparently um, Emma Stone who played Cruella in the, or Cruella de Vil in the Cruella movie that Disney did the same with recently released it on Premiere Access is considering the same action because um, like most of the movies coming out to, for Disney at the moment they are coming out in the movie theatres and on Premiere Access and Disney Plus um, so she's apparently considering the same thing what are your guys' thoughts on the whole situation of ScarJo suing Disney? Uh, for me, I think this is going to cause a snowball of other people doing the same thing because it's 
I, I think I saw it reported that Gerard Butler is doing the same thing for Olympus Has Fallen. He's suing the producers for profits. So I, I think it's just going gonna, gonna to be a snowball. Um, I guess my thing is, if it was in the original contract and the producers or Disney or whatnot you know, went against what was stated in the original contract, absolutely. I, f I feel like she has a case and she should pursue that. Um, but if it's just a grab to get more money, then I, I don't know. But it sounds like the contract, the original contract, as it was written, was not honored correctly. So it sounds like she has a case. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I, I agree. Um, and I know, Cross, you'll, you'll pop into chat at some point, but I'll say there's some chatter in chat. Also, I don't know why I'm pointing that way, like it's relevant to where the chat is. But the point is, like, the, <laughs> the sentiments are kind of echoed there. I think, um, I think a lot of us really are kind of on the same page on that, is, like, if it's just a blatant money grab, especially in the face of why these things happened, then it's it's kind of a garbage play, and I don't really have a whole lot of support for that. But every ounce of, uh, I say research, but every tiny little bit of looking into it that I've done has, has boiled down to the same thing, and that was the contract stated box office revenue, and it would be a box office movie. Mm -hmm. And if that changed, there would be a renegotiation to, to deal with that. And then there was not, is mm -hmm. is my understanding, you know, and, and just like Nitro said, if if you didn't honor the contract the way it was written, then I'm sorry, you've earned a lawsuit in that case. Yeah. I don't care what yeah. it's about, how minor it is, whatever exactly. it is, like, exactly. That's the yeah. point of the contract is, is we are both agreeing to be legally bound by what we're saying is, is what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. And if you don't honor that, that's that like, literally that's a hundred percent of the point of a contract. No other reason for it to exist than that. Yeah. It's a pretty big deal that Kevin Feige is coming to her aid. Like, backing yes. her up on this. It's pretty And I deal. had not seen that. I'm I'm actually really happy to see that because the one thing that I did see was that Disney fired back as a company yes. saying that it was gross of her to be doing this given why everything happened and it's yeah. like okay, like Yeah. And again, like... it depends like is this over a contract dispute or is it because she felt underpaid? And to a small degree, I would say if she felt underpaid, that's also sort of deserved because her comparative salary to the rest of most of uh Avengers castmates has not been great. No, like, in terms of like what deals they've got. But I, mean, I think she's the least paid out of the original six. You know what I mean? Like the original six Avengers. Yeah. Like she's the one that's making the least amount of money, which is like it's kind of nuts to think about. And I'm like, there's no reason for that. Cameron in no, chat at all. Cameron in chat said, not sure if it's been confirmed, but I heard she tried to get a new contract and Disney didn't go through. I, I haven't heard yeah, anything. That's what I heard, that's that's what I heard too. Yeah, I don't know if that's true, but that's yeah. even more to my point. She did try to reach out to them to say, hey, if you're going to do this, let's renegotiate the contract like we discussed. Mm. And they were just like, now we're doing it. Yeah. And again, yeah. I don't know that that's true. That's just what I've heard. But that's the thing. She did do that. And it's like it's a case of like Disney firing him back and saying like, you know, because of the whole pandemic thing. It's like, well, yeah, the pandemic did happen and everything was quarantined. Everything was put off and all this sort of stuff. Premier access on Disney Plus wasn't a thing until the quarantine happened mm -hmm. and all this sort of stuff. Like, yeah, that's all true. But that's why there's a clause in the contract of renegotiate. Like, okay, we're in a quarantine now. Things have changed. Things are happening that haven't happened before. Let's yeah. talk this through. You're not going to get as big a box office because even if we do open it in the cinema, there's no guarantee as many people are going to go. Mm. You know, and it's like, it's not a case of how much money she's making. It's like, because like, I think she still came out with like something like 20 million odd dollars, you know, which... Mm -hmm. 
you know, it's I mean, not a small. I mean, it's not a small sum of money, but like that's not the case. The point is exactly. Like, the point is like, you no, know, you had a contract with her. Yep. Yeah, and, a lot, and I see a lot. You know, regardless if it's making five bucks or making twenty million, you had a contract, and it's like you need to renegotiate that if this situation has changed. Yeah, I see a lot of people online saying like she got a ton of money, isn't that enough? But that's that's really not the point at all. Like that has nothing to do with it. The point is yeah. somebody breached a contract on, on both ends, and that needs to be addressed. And here's, I think, the biggest, from from my perspective at least, the biggest reason why that has to be what we all focus on in this situation is because, just like you were saying in the other direction, uh, Nitro, it's going to cause a snowball, depending mm -hmm. on how this shakes out. Oh, absolutely. Because if, if we look at it and go, well, it's a pandemic, there were mitigating factors, she really needs to just calm down. That means, from that point forward, we have spoken as a society to say mm -hmm. that the producers can just do whatever they want as long as they've got some sort of mitigating reason to say, exactly. well, we had to do it this way. And... And that's what I meant when I said that's 100% of the point of the contract is that we agreed to these terms. If those terms need to change, that's fine. We can have that conversation, mm -hmm. but we need to have that conversation. It has to happen. Yeah, it sets a precedent either way. Yeah, and who's to say that, that, that Scarlett Johansson, and uh, believe me, I'm not saying she would have. Let me get that out of the way up front. But I'm saying she was not given the opportunity to do this. Who's to say that she wouldn't have gone into those negotiations and said, hey, I'm fine with doing this. I'll even take a, a small cut to make sure that everybody else gets what they're supposed to get too, because you know she's not the only one whose pay overall was factored on that box office. That's why they decided to release in the premiere access, because yeah. they had to get everybody paid somehow. You know what I mean? So who, who knows where her position would have ultimately been, but the fact was she wasn't given a seat at the table when they made that decision like she should have been. Yeah. And that's not that's not okay. And that's why the fact of like it's Disney. It's not like you don't have people that monitor this stuff that could reach out yeah. to her, that could negotiate that. Like the size of this organization, this company, this Titan, yeah. it's like that wasn't something that was slipped through the cracks. That was something that was intentionally chose to go mm -hmm. against. Like there's no way that just slipped through. Yeah. No. You yeah, know, the sheer like, number of people that have to review their contracts has to be mind-boggling. There's no yeah. way it's like one lawyer in a back office somewhere that nobody mm. talks to unless they're saying something about a contract. Yeah. Like, it's a team, for sure. Oh, Small says in chat, what irks me about it is Disney is saying she's being irresponsible in the time of pandemic, but at the same time, they had no no issues opening reopening parks during the pandemic. So they don't have any room uh, to use the pandemic against her. Yeah. I agree. 100%. All right, let me try and catch up with Chai because we've had a lot of chat going on during that and see uh mal was saying when i first read it it was upset that she would do that but then when i read about it it was definitely a breach of contract for disney and they had to change and redo the contract before putting it out to fix it but didn't and uh, not saying it's because i'd say not saying it's because of gender but they didn't do that to the rock with jungle cruise fair point jungle cruise just released and i bet the rock got got paid what he was meant to get paid let's put it that way uh co-op agreeing with nitro's points uh Cameron saying, not sure it's confirmed, but I heard she tried to get the new contract and it didn't go through. Kind of small, what was me about it? Is it Disney saying? Yep, you did that one. Uh, Cop saying, Disney as a company is terrible and they need to be stopped. Yeah, good luck with that. They're <laughs> <laughs> way beyond being stopped at this point, I think. They're basically uh, apparently government. Emma, Cameron saying, apparently Emma Stone is considering pursuing a lawsuit over Cruella as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, over the Cruella Deville movie, like she's planning the same thing based on it because same thing happened to her. 
Uh, Disney also heart and movie theaters, and they don't care, especially smaller theater chains and ours. Oh yeah, they don't care about heart and movie theaters. It's like that because that's why the premier access thing is there. It's like you mm -hmm. pay the. What are you going to do? Go and give them a cut of the box office and pay what twelve bucks at the movie theater, and they'll get a small cut of that. Mm. Or go get it on premier access for forty bucks. And I, I honestly think this whole conversation rolls up into a bigger conversation about how we want to how we want to consume movies moving forward as a as a as a society. Yeah. You know. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to lie. I I thought the stuff that happened during the quarantine. I figured the movie theaters for the most part were dead. Yeah, I did too. And I still feel yeah, like we're gonna close. I still feel like we're yeah, kind of yeah. heading in that direction a little bit. Um, but like just with so much streaming stuff that's out there now, it's like movie theaters. I think they're going to be around for a little bit, but don't be surprised if we start seeing less and less. It's like just well, like, because it's not, it's not going to be a manageable thing in today's world of stuff, you know. Yeah, and you look back at movies like over the past several years and see like box office numbers like for, for Marvel properties and like the hundreds of millions of dollars <laughs> over a week or two. That's that's just not going to happen anymore. Like that's going to change. So they need to figure out a way through that. So yeah, that's going to be one of those things that uh, I, I think is going to wind up being a generational topic for us at some point where we're like, well, when we were kids, we all sat in a big room in the dark together. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And people are gonna be like, "That's so weird, Grandpa. Get I out of here!" I really hope Grandpa, it go, go and away, take man. your meds. You know? There's, there's just something. I uh, mean, there's something because I grew up. It was just me and my mom growing up. She was a single mom, so we our thing was going to the movies. So that has like, it's a very like emotional thing for me. I know it's something weird to get emotional about, but like going to the movies, oh. sitting with a group of people, having a communal experience, you know, eating and just experiencing that that together there's just i really hope that that doesn't go away i really hope it stays around it just in some sh shape or fashion you know yeah but. i i will say i don't at all think that's a weird thing to get emotional about even though i don't have the same type of connection to it yeah. i feel like movie going experiences can be extremely emotional i have never in my entire life had a better movie viewing experience than when i went to see ed game the first time same. in theaters same. because that moment with cap and mjolnir and the moment when the portals opened, the yeah. crowd I was with, and I'm normally a shut up, I'm watching this kind of guy, but, yeah. but in both of those instances, the whole theater went just absolutely yeah. bananas yeah. both yeah. times. Yeah. And we were, like, we were sitting uh, next to each now, other in our theater when that man. happened. Yeah, and, Cross and I were sitting right beside each other. And that's probably the best movie experience I've ever had in my life. Like, that whole theater was in agreement of the moment we were experiencing together and like I've oh, yeah. never experienced that before in a movie theater and honestly I may never experience it again it was one of those I don't think things we will. <laughs> you, you felt know. like you felt the ground shake like I know that sounds weird but it was just it was that intense it, it was awesome it was so I mean cool. that moment when he picks yeah. up me only or like the whole place had this like gasp at the exact same moment yes. <gasps> <laughs> may or may not have screamed out an expletive at that time. You know, I don't know. I was, I was sitting him. next to him. He definitely in the heat did. of the moment. <laughs> but that's uh, that's what I mean. Like, I, that's something that's I, I think it's important to us. But I don't know. I don't know if that will carry forward. You know, as a yeah. small aside, I, I think cross to your statement. I don't think I don't think I'll ever experience that exact thing again simply because that was the payoff of over a decade of yeah. build up you yeah. know what i mean like, but it's but it's sad to think that the next few generations might not get the chance like because i'm sure the generation before us with movie theaters and stuff and 
they had moments like that, you know, like what's going to be that next big pop moment that builds up to something? Because Marvel came and did something different. I'm like, but yeah, someone's going to come and do something different again. And there's going to be an experience for everyone again. Mm. And it just it feels yeah. like you're not going to get that though if everybody's just sitting streaming their stuff at home. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know what I mean, it's like it's not going to be. I the have same a massive TV and a nice sound system, but it's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah, I mean, like I've I've got my TV set up in here. It's like I could have a good experience watching something, but when it's a moment like that that's been built up for like 10 plus years to yeah. do those share exact moments people. it's like it makes it totally different getting to experience it in person yeah yeah agreed it just does all right so i think i'm going to call that conversation there just to make sure we get a good bit of time to talk about our actual topic for today because i feel like that there's a whole bunch of conversations that could take place around about that yeah. whole situation and i'm pretty sure it's a not good topic though man a good yeah, topic to I'm pretty sure it's not the last we've heard of that whole situation, so I'm sure we'll be talking about it in weeks to come, months to come, probably. But all right, for everyone that is in chat, we are going to be going into talking about Masters of the Universe Revelation. Let's uh, do this first part of season one, the five parts that we got to see. We are going to be going full spoilers. In this talk, Last if morning. you have not seen it and you do not want this to be spoiled, this is your like immediately. <laughs> yeah, like this is going to get spoiled fairly quickly. Like yes. I'm, I'm probably just going to do my usual thing of saying something just to prove my point. But like, <laughs> this is your chance. Get out now. All right, do it, please. I want to do it. You want to do it? You want to? Yeah, wanna... I'll do it. All right. So countdown: three, two. two. Last chance. One. One. All right. He-Man gets murdered twice. All right, let's go. Yeah. Well, once and a half. <laughs> okay, and a okay, half. once and a half. Sure. They don't officially confirm he died the second time, but <laughs> you oh, basically, they basically open the show and end the show with the death of He-Man. <laughs> yeah. All right, hey, hey, all right. Before we get, before we get started <laughs> into this, I kind of want to, like, how did you, what is your guys' experience with He-Man, like, growing up? Yeah, that, that's that's funny. Like so we can like get point. some context going into the going into this show. Yeah, because I want to go first. Yeah, because Locke kind of like when he first saw the trailer for this pop up in our Discord, it's like Locke was a guy that I saw going crazy for this, and like so that's why I had to invite him on here to talk about it because th this man was ready for this show when he saw the trailer. Yeah. Okay. My response to that trailer was twofold. Um, I do want to. I'm going to steal your 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 shtick for one second, Cross. Humar in in chat. Stop! He was already dead. <laughs> Made me laugh. <laughs> I I just I okay. Anyway, uh, so He Man. I I grew up with He Man. It was a big big thing when I was a kid. I I watched all of those shows. He Man, GI Joe, Transformers, Thundercats. Um, you know all of them. Uh, even Shira to a, a lesser extent as a kid. But uh, and I do want to bring that one up at some point. So prepare yourselves for that. <laughs> um. But He-Man, like, I grew up with it. I was real big into it. I had a rideable uh, battle cat nice. that my, my grandmother bought me. Like, I, I say full-size. I was a kid, so, you know. Yeah, full-size for a relatively, kid. Like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I broke it a lot because it was inflatable. <laughs> and I was a kid. <laughs> um, but, no, I, I had that. I had the, the sword. I had a ton of the toys. Like, I, I loved He-Man. And... So when this trailer dropped, the the first thing was obviously that nostalgia, you know, 
I was like, oh man, my childhood. This is so cool. Like, I, yeah. I love when they bring these things forward. But then, just credit where it's due. However you feel about the show, watch the trailer and tell me that trailer is not still one of the best. Dude, they could not sick. possibly... Yeah, they could not possibly have yeah. picked a better song. They had fantastic Dude, cuts of agreed. action that didn't spoil anything. Like movie companies take notice this yeah. is how you trailer it was yeah. so good trailer was phenomenal it when, was I, when I heard holding out for a hero yeah when I heard holding out for a hero I was like okay we're in for it yeah this that's awesome. yeah <laughs> that absolutely sold it to me it was like this is a 80s nostalgia right yes. right here I'm in yeah I'm all for this let's go and that was the other thing I was gonna say is like that song hits those of us who grew up with it just that yeah. way like I will never, ever not think of Short Circuit when I hear that song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I haven't seen that movie forever. I know. I've I know. seen that for a long time. But that's that was, I think, my first major introduction to the song was, was in that sequence. And so it's permanently burned in my brain. But mm. I love that song, period. Like, I've seen yes. it used for other stuff over the years. And every time yeah. I hear it, I'm like, I, I don't even care anymore. Whatever I'm ha whatever is happening right now, I'm in the moment. <laughs> mm, yeah. I mean, I care about whatever it was is for later. But right now, I'm there. I'm in. Yeah. And this trailer just absolutely nailed everything. I'm being mm. told to check my messages. Oh, <laughs> no way! Cross, how hard is it for you to get a picture out of Discord onto the stream? Yeah, is this plausible? I can, I can possibly do it. Why, what we got? Because it was that. Oh. Smalls just sent me a picture of it. What is it? I want to see. It's in the in the, in the the Discord call. Ooh. Alright. Nice. Alright, I'll try and get that up on a screen if... But yeah, um... Dude, that's awesome. Sorry, everybody's oh, so just to, like, oh, what is it? Um, to the original last question, I think that 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 sums me up. Like, I I grew up with the show. Mm. Um, oh, and and my my parting thought was I tried to go back uh, about ten twelve years ago and rewatch it. Mm -hmm. Um, because I got a hold of the box set at one point, oh, and okay. I got maybe three episodes in and was like, <laughs> I liked this. I thought this was good. <laughs> This aged horribly. It yeah. really, really did. And it bums me out because some of the 80s stuff is just like that. Like, yeah. I've gone back and rewatched, uh, like, Thundercats and Voltron. Those mm -hmm. aged just fine, in my opinion. He Man, yeah. not so much. Mm. It was extremely yeah. one dimensional. Yeah, that was one of the things, like I said to you, is that watching this show was like. I, it was almost like being introduced to a whole bunch of new characters because, like, I remember yeah. none of these characters having these personalities, and I'm like. And then I thought back, and I'm like, I don't remember them having any personalities come to think of it. So, yeah, it kind of works. Um. E-Man had almost none. Uh -huh. Cringer had, I would say, probably about 70% of the personality in the show. Yeah. Across the whole cast. It was that cat. <laughs> and not Battle Cat. Cringer specifically. Yeah, yeah. Cringer. Battle Cat did not have you a personality. About... Cringer did. Yeah. Which is weird yeah. to think about. You get about 3% for Man-at-Arms, 2% for Tila, and yeah. then, like, all the rest of it went to Skeletor. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, here we go. I've got it up on screen for chat. Nice. There we go. Infl that. I used to have that. That's, That's hilarious. A picture dude. we got sent, inflatable battle cat, which is... I'm not going to lie, that is awesome. Dude, yeah. I had the I had the the figure bag, battle cat back in the day that had like actual like felt on it. I don't know if you remember that. It had like yes. oh, oh, on it too. I remember that. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. And then yes. And then I ruined it Pants because or. I liked to play with toys in the tub. No. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I did bring my GI Joes and Ninja Turtles in the tub. So what are you gonna do? 
Yeah. I did that with books, too. I was not a smart kid. <laughs> so, Cross, what was your experience with, uh, with He-Man growing up? Uh, kind of the same. Like, I grew up with uh, all that stuff at the same time, like, nostalgia, like the He-Man, the Transformers, the Thundercats, all of that. Mm-hmm. Like, all of that stuff was my jam. I grew up watching all of those shows. And um, 100% say those were probably... My first forty into loving stuff that was very superhero based and very like comic book based, honestly, probably comes from a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like because like getting into Spider Man, X Men, all that came later when mm-hmm. those cartoons came in the nineties. But all of this stuff was already there, so I was watching this stuff from a young age. Um, I had the toys. I had. I remember having the Castle Grayskull playset. I remember getting all the action figures of He Man and Skeletor and all the different characters. Man at Arms, who for some reason in the toy was clean shaven, even though he's never been clean shaven in his life. I always remember that being really weird. I never understood that. Does um, he just look like a generic guard at that point? Yeah, he's just a generic guard. Not like that. It's like he, he's got like a ginger mustache at least. At least give him something, you know? No. <laughs> the no. mustache was what set him apart in the show. That's how you knew it was Man at Arms, was because he had. Yeah, because they all had that mustache. armor. Because it was like there was a bunch of Man at Arms, but like that was the guy. Um, yeah. And it's like. No, no, okay. Uh, but yeah, I had a bunch of the figures. That was like my main thing to play for. I loved the show. Again, like you look, like going back on it, it's like, ooh, this, this, this isn't as well put together as I remember. <clears throat> Having a side for that. But, um, <laughs> but the interesting thing as well, though, is the fact of like, I remember. Because this isn't the first reboot of He Man, they've tried it a couple of times. And mm-hmm. I remember, I don't know if you guys even remember, but there was a 90s reboot of He-Man. Mm-mm. Which was done as kind of like a fantasy sci-fi-esque style to it. Mm. It was like so far different from the original one. It's like, it's, it's 100% 90s, but nobody remembers it when I talk to them. Like people remember the original, people remember the 2002 like reboot, but nobody remembers the one from the 90s. I knew it existed, but I never saw it. So Let me see if I, 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 didn't, I didn't know it existed it. until we started prep for this show, honestly. Mm. Yeah, let me see if I can... Well, while he's looking that up, my, my real quick aside, this is something that I, for those of you who didn't grow up with this era of TV to be aware of, a lot of these things were toys first and shows as vehicles to sell those toys second. Oh, yeah. And because uh, there was something I read recently last night I think even that that gave me a couple of points that I want to bring up as we talk about this stuff um and it's it's that Transformers did a very very similar thing in the movie to what this show did in that it killed off the main character who we thought of as the main character and in the um in the Transformers movie the animated movie from the 80s to be clear not any of the the Michael Bay movies um the point they were going with at that point was they had felt like the original series had run its course. Mm-hmm. People weren't buying the toys at the rate that they wanted anymore. And yeah. so they wanted to bring in the new generation of characters. And so yeah. their plan for that was make a big production movie and kill off the main character so that they would get a new leader, which would bring in a whole new influx of new toys for you to go out and buy. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And so, you know, to, to what Cross was saying a minute ago, why that became relevant for me was uh, we don't remember most of these characters having any personality in the original show and it's because most of them didn't 
they were inserted into the show in combat sequences so that you could go that guy looks cool i want that toy so he can yeah. fight with he-man at home yeah. yeah and that was that was it you didn't need anything more than that like as long as it looked like the guy in the show right. yeah. yeah i didn't even know that existed dude until yes. we wow the show. i'm gonna have to go find that that's yeah. crazy looking no scale or wait that's skeletor yeah <laughs> wait a minute are you oh my gosh that's oh, oh, off. that's Skeletor. That looks like Starscream, and Skeletor <laughs> had a kid. Like and this then is painted in brown. Like so, like that was part of my like He-Man growing up was that show as well, Jeez. which was so far different from the other one. But no one else I talked to ever seems to remember it. And I like for a, it was one of those things for a while where I was like, I thought it was the only one that had ever seen it. Like, did I make this mm. show up in my head? <laughs> it's like, that it, look. It's funny that you mentioned. Like... Go, oh, go ahead, Locke. No, go ahead, man. Are you sure? Yeah, go ahead. Going once? Okay. That Skeletor looked like the Punisher and Lord Zed had a baby that got painted by the Joker. And then Starscream what was had that? a little. <laughs> what? And it, he, had, he was wearing Starscream's head as a trophy. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There you go. We got to put Starscream in there somehow. Yeah. Um, so it's funny you mentioned the toy aspect. There's a show on Netflix called The Toys That Made Us. Have you guys seen that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, such a cool show. Yeah. One of the episodes is, is actually on He-Man. Yeah, that, talks keeps, about that how... keeps literally popping up on my Netflix now that yeah. I've watched Masters of the Universe. It's like, hey, watch this show. Watch this it's show. Su it's, well, it's such a cool show, even if it's just for nostalgia purposes. But to your point, Locke, they talk about how you know Star Wars toys were such a huge thing and people were buying, kids were buying Star Wars toys. So they wanted a new line of toys for boys, basically. And that's what they basically created the show around. So... It's very, very interesting. So I'm just that, checking it. out the side chat here to see if we missed anything. Uh, yeah, Absolutely, Mallet. I definitely associate it with Short Circuit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Skeletor, Skeletor and Dolph Lundgren movie was painful for me. Oh yeah, that, the Masters of the Universe, like live action movies, a whole. Oh, but a... that was Frank Langella. <laughs> That movie is that's something else. Yeah, Dolph Lundgren was he man. Oh, but Frank Langella was was Skeletor. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I must say that wasn't yeah, like. Dracula. It was like I wanted to like that movie so much as a kid, and I watched it. I'm like, what's going on? Why are we in the real world? Why is he talking to? Why is he talking to Courtney Cox? Why is that a thing? Wait, I did not know that that dude played Skeletor. Holy crap! Yeah. Good grief. That's awesome. I had no clue. So yeah, it's, I think it's safe I, to say we've all got a fair bit of nostalgia with He-Man. We've all grew up fairly well with He-Man. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I think for I me, like, like that movie, <laughs> it has a soft spot, just like Labyrinth and all that. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, so for the win. That's all I'm saying. So when when He-Man came out, I was like less than one year old. So, but my brother was eight years old. So I lived vicariously He-Man through him. Like I had the toys. I remember specific episodes and all that stuff. But I didn't grow up like necessarily watching it per se. I saw episodes here and there, but I, it was mainly for me the toys. So this was kind of a, a reintroduction for me of He-Man. Um, so yeah, but I definitely remember playing with all the toys, um, all the awful villains that they that they made <laughs> for the one-off. Did toys. you have, did you have a stinkor? <laughs> I don't remember. I remember one with a snake. He had a he had a head, or he obviously had a head. He had three snakes as a head. Um, there was a dude with a claw for a hand. 
Um, yeah, there was there was just a ton of them, man. All right. So, so... the the stinkor, I make a quick joke about uh, yeah, to, to close out the connection of the toys real quick. Um, stinkor is funny to me because you know terrible villains. That toy actually stunk. Oh no! Like they actually put something on it that made it smell bad because that was the crux of the character, and of course he did not sell well because of that. Uh, and the other one, they actually cracked this joke in the first episode with Mossman. Um, because mm. again, spoiler alert, they kill Mossman too. Yeah, they kill um, quite a few people. Yeah, and and that we we talked before the show that we still had some issues, and that is one of mine. And so we'll we'll get to that, I'm sure. But Mossman. Uh, after Skeletor kills him, he goes, mm, smells like pine. The toy smelled like pine. Oh. That was a specific call. Oh, to the toy. is that what that was? Okay. Oh my gosh, yes. dude, that's hilarious. Okay, that makes sense now because that was such a random way. <laughs> it really was, yeah. dude. Yeah, that happened and I was like, what? So after I finished the first episode, I went and I did what I always do and I read all of the trivia I could find and that was one of the things they were like, this line was inserted because the original toy actually had a pine smell okay that makes um, sense now because that was just random otherwise yeah it, it <laughs> was it was a very weird thing because what smells like pine when you burn it really yeah. but either That's way the fact that uh, like it, you're a skeleton can you smell that'll be established if you can even you smell don't even things. have a nose voldemort <laughs> um <laughs> so my last thing uh and then i i'll stop interrupting for a little while anyway right, uh, alan oppenheimer was the voice of Mossman in mm-hmm. this episode he was the original voice of Skeletor among several other characters in the original show. Mm. Dude, that's awesome. So that's Skeletor awesome. killed himself. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Well, that's, another okay, thing to see, that's another thing to say about this and we'll get into it as well, is the voice cast for this show was actually quite phenomenal. The Agreed. Voice oh, cast. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I, I will say, I, I think there's one exception. I, I, I did not buy Sir Michelle Gellar as Tila. It was, was a hard was, sell, but I, got I was not on board. Everything else I was cool with. Even Kevin Conroy as Merman, I was I was okay with. Um, that but that I, like shocked me when I read it afterwards that that was who done the voice of Merman. I was like Kevin Conroy, and I'm like, oh my goodness, they got him in as Merman. I'm like, okay. Batman and Joker had a show off on the boat. I know. Showdown on the boat. I'm like, okay. Apparently, that's what we're going for. Like, I, I, did you I, catch Alicia Silverstone? No. Who was Alicia Silverstone? The Queen. She was He Man's mom. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. Oh, I missed that. And one. then of course, of course, uh, D. Bradley Baker was, uh, or not D. Brad, uh, D. Not 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 Bradley Baker. Um. Oh my gosh, I can't think of his name. Well, mm. Kevin Michael Richardson was Beast Man. I remember that one. I'll throw that one out there. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I knew that voice sounded familiar. Yeah. I mean, his voice is very distinctive. Yeah. Didn't he play Joker in he did. an animated movie, right? Yeah. In one of them, yeah. I mean, at this point, a lot of people have played Joker, though. True, true. So that's the thing. Yeah. Um, Jason Muse was on there as a, as a VA. He was, he was Stinkor. Yeah. <laughs> in yeah. the second episode, I think. Dude, I thought Justin Long uh, as, as Roboto, uh, Roboto was fantastic. Yeah, he did well in that role. <clears throat> Okay, so I've got the cast list here, just some for jump from people to people. Uh, so we had first Chris Wood playing um, He-Man himself, Chris Wood. Most people in the geek community will know him as um, playing Monel in the Supergirl show. Um, I don't know him from anything else, so I don't know if anyone else does. We had Sarah Michelle Gellar as Tila. Um, mm-hmm. We had Lena Headey as Evil Lynn. 
um, who done a phenomenal job in that role. Uh, Mark Hamill was Skeletor, obviously. Of course. Playing him again, just as Joker voice. Pretty much. Which I love the fact that's just his go-to evil voice now. Like, yeah, I'm just going to do Joker again. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to pay me for it, and you're going to like it. <laughs> uh, and I did. <laughs> yeah, I did too. It was awesome. Uh, Diedrich Bader was Trapjaw. Liam Cunningham is Man at Arms, which was a great casting choice for him. He did great in that role. Yeah. Uh, Susan Eisenberg was Sorceress. I'm not really familiar with her too much. Um, Justin Long was Roboto. Griffin Newman as Orko did a really good job. Um, Agreed. The only major thing I know him from is if you watch the Amazon Prime Tick show, he played Arthur. Mm, okay. Um, so yeah. he played the voice of Orko and the Degray and Kevin Michael Richardson, as you said, it was Beastman. Henry Rollins was Triclops. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I did not know Henry Rollins was in this. It's Triclops, which I'm like, that's. It kind of works. It was an interesting. <laughs> are you, are you raising your hand to speak, Locke? Hey, I, I am because <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing you're reading the. I'm guessing you're reading the cast list from the 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 main thing or on mobile, one of the two. Yeah. Um, because Diedrich Bader was Trapjaw. That's true. Um, he also played three other characters, one of which was King Andor. Oh, he was uh, King Randor, Andor. not Andor. Yeah, he was He Man's father as well. Oh, nice. I, cl- yeah, I clocked him immediately. The very first really? line he said, I was like, "That's Diedrich Bader." <laughs> Dude, I did not. I didn't. I didn't catch it. Yeah, uh, we had Stephen Root as Cringer. Mm-hmm. And another formal casting. Uh, Dennis Haysbert as King Grayskull, which. Uh, Welcome to Allstate. Right. I was going to say that, like most yeah. people know him <laughs> yeah. from. Okay, it's like I'm going to say, like for the most part, I still uh, remember him as the president in the first couple of seasons of 24 yes yes um but yeah pretty much everyone today knows him as, only as the all-state guy <laughs> because that's what he's been doing for like 10 years at this point yeah you could literally read the pamphlet to how to how to put together an ikea desk and i would go to sleep to it i mean you let's know, be honest and then of course like you said alan oppenheimer's playing mossman the original skeletor um it's like the cast the cast list for this is just phenomenal it really is um so let's jump into what's actually happening because we're hitting over the hour mark at this point so let's jump into the actual series itself then because there's only five parts to this each part was like what 25 minutes so it's not uh henry rollins does voice acting now yeah and this he did absolutely and he was actually pretty awesome at it yeah he was good um so let's jump into this then so what were your guys' thoughts on episode one? Because obviously going into episode two, everything changes. So what was your thoughts on the opening episode of this then? When we go into what is essentially the assault on Castle Grayskull from Skeletor and uh, He-Man and Eternia coming to its defense. What were your thoughts as we opened the show on this? So I think for me, what immediately struck me was the quality of the animation. Like I compare everything to Avatar and Legend of Korra because I think they set a specific standard um, for animation. And I'm not saying that this comes close, but it reminded me of that, um, especially during the action scenes and the fighting scenes and stuff like that. I feel like the colors and the way that they compose shots on this was awesome. It definitely had like an 80s cartoon, Saturday morning cartoon vibe to it, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this is definitely... In my opinion, 
this is definitely not He-Man's story. This is definitely Tila's story. Um, mm-hmm. 100%. Which, which I was not prepared for at first, and that's why I think I had such a such a like a knee-jerk reaction to the first episode. Um, but I think the more I got into the the more I got into the episodes, the more that that kind of chilled out, and I I kind of got to start to like it for what it is. I, I still have issues with it, um, but I definitely don't hate it as much as I did after the first episode. <laughs> Yeah, and and that's understandable. I mean, and speaking towards that, like the fact of it's clearly becomes Taylor's story and following her, and you know we talked about it already. He man dies at the end of the first episode, along with Skeletor. Yeah, um, first episode. At the end of the first episode, I think that's where a lot of the controversy, and we'll get into the controversy around Kevin Smith and all that with it. But I think that's where a lot of it came from because it was pitched as a He-Man story and it was pitched as like He-Man and Skeletor all the commercials, all the trailers showed that and I get you don't want to reveal like that big spoiler mm-hmm. but this was a show that you sold everybody it was He-Man versus Skeletor even the commercials you had the toys of He-Man and Skeletor bouncing off of each other and interacting yeah. with each other you set it up as this 80s nostalgia throwback to He-Man and it's like, and then you basically went oh yeah it's not about him at all actually both yeah. of them are dead, they're not even here well, I think to compound that, like Kevin Smith came out and you know confirmed this is not Teal's story, this is He Man's story. But I mean, you know, again, this we're only halfway through the first season, right? So some stuff could change based off what I've seen. You know, this is definitely Teal's story. Yeah, yeah. And what do you think well, of the and, first episode log? What's your kind of take on it and stuff? I I felt like. The first act of the first episode did a really good job of of bringing people in who either never saw the original show or maybe those of us who know that we saw it but didn't really remember much of it. They kind of reintroduced us to the general cast in a very, very quick but also very clean way. It it, it didn't feel forced or thrown at me. I didn't think. Um, and so like that was that was nice. You got the quick establishment of uh, this is this is your world and these are your players. Mm -hmm. Um. And then, of course, the second act was very action-heavy, and I, I think that relied very heavily on the art to, to what you were saying earlier, Nitro. I feel like they did a fantastic job Agreed. of keeping the general 80s feel because everything kind of had that dark sort of watercolory feel, but it was still very very clean and modern-looking at the same time. Yeah. I, I think it kind of hit that line right in the middle almost perfectly in the animation sense. Yeah. Um, and I felt like the action sequences actually were probably some of the best in a 80s revival that I've seen uh, because it didn't lean very heavily into the same kind of crap that we got as kids where it was like the the, the weirdly copy-pasted hundreds of soldiers out in a distant battlefield with the pew, pew, pew. Yeah, yeah. Nothing was actually happening. Like, they had very tight uh, segments where, like, man-at-arms jumped on the, the, the thing with... Uh, I can't remember who it was. I want to say Beast Man. No, Beast Man was later. But the, but the point was like he jumped on the thing and like knocked the trap jaw, yeah, knocked yeah, trap jaw it. out, and then crashed it into the other guy. And then we cut to something else. Like we had these these spots that were very clearly planned and put together. And I'm like, okay, I'm I'm feeling this. You've got something specific you want to show us, and and you're just here. It is now. Let's mm-hmm. move on. And so I felt like the pacing was really solid at that point. And then we get into the third act. <clears throat> And it slowed a lot down because yeah. the, the whole, you know, and I say third act, it was a, what, 23-minute episode. Yeah, so yeah. the acts are very short. But but it was still, you know, very clearly divided into those three segments. And so we mm. get to the last one, and it's very much uh, a lot of exposition 
Yeah. Because Skeletor was like, ah, you know, I'm not here for this. I'm here for that. And yeah. you don't know the real secrets. And <laughs> and and so, like, we got to that point, and I was like, I'm so invested in this. Mm-hmm. And then we hit that moment, and I was like, I'm even more invested now because how in the heck do you pull that trigger at all, let alone at the end of the first episode? Yeah. Uh, especially because, like, it kicked that, that moment off by being like, this ain't kitty he-man he nah. he-man stabs skeletor yeah yeah like he like, has blood, he blood on his sword he has blood yeah. on his sword <laughs> yeah i mean it was purple but it was still yeah. blood <laughs> yeah like he, he, Skele- he clearly runs him through and kills him like that's yeah. he's done um and, and and i feel like the line of dialogue right there perfectly hit what i felt in that moment you know like i said i realized like this is not the kid he-man i grew up with where like just like the ninja turtles later on like you're not allowed to actually you know cut people or hit people with the nunchucks of the staff like mm-hmm. you can have the weapon but it's implied not yeah. explicit yeah and then in this like he stabs him and what does skeletor say do you guys remember i don't No, i've completely blind you finally that. used that sword for what it was meant for oh now in that exact second i was like for stabbing i mean like <laughs> obviously <laughs> yeah and what he meant was it was the key that unlocked the thing yeah and uh, so it was yeah. another one of those great moments where the line of dialogue both kind of for me yeah branched where we were into where we are in in you know i grew up with this as a kid i'm not a kid anymore mm-hmm. you know but then it also served an actual narrative purpose to to move us forward in the scene too yeah yeah so like i i felt like for, for me personally, uh, start to finish, I, I felt like it did a fantastic job of setting up everything else that was going on. Um, and I know you guys have both kind of expressed that your knee-jerk was like, well, this is stupid. Did you kill He-Man in a He-Man show? Um, I just thought it was a bold choice. Yeah. Uh, I was not prepared for it in any way, shape, or form, but, you know, I, I didn't come out of it uh, hating the decision. Like, I feel like a lot of people did. And I feel like the fact that you guys finished up the show kind of shows that it, 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 it went differently for you than a lot of those people, because I feel like a lot of people hit that moment and checked out. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people did turn and, off after that moment, and showing the controversy that kind of came out around about it, a lot of it is based around that reaction to that first episode. Yeah, I think, yeah. A, lot of, I think a lot of the response that you're seeing to the show is not necessarily to the show, but it's to Kevin Smith and the way that he's reacting to... To, to some of the yeah. quote unquote criticism that that's he going didn't around. help the situation at all. No, he no. see, really I'm didn't. really interested to hear you guys explain that because I watched the show and that was about all the prep I did for this. <laughs> I no. have not seen anything coming out of Kevin Smith other than I saw one quote of him saying, "Anyone who's bashing this show didn't understand He Man." No, he he told the he told or something the to people who were he po- he told the the fan base that was being extremely vocal about it. He called out two two um, YouTubers specifically, but he basically said to go f yourself if you don't if you don't like what what we're doing with the show. Yeah, go um, I think those were his words oh. verbatim almost. Yeah, told so. like told the fan base basically to grow the f up. Yeah, that was it. That was it. And it's like, um, and that that kind of created a whole interesting conversation with us with this because, um, it's not the way to approach it. I don't think. No, I'm just like, let me give my kind of take on the first episode yeah, yeah. and then let's jump into the controversy yeah, yeah. a little bit because this comes from basically the first episode. This is the point to address this because mm-hmm. none of the controversy you're really going to hear comes from what happens next. It's all basically based around this. Yeah. 
Um, the first episode, again, is kind of same with you guys. I absolutely love the animation that continues throughout the whole show. It's some of the best animation I have seen. They did not spare any expense on this. Mm-hmm. Um, it, they put as much money as possible into that animation to make it pop, and they did a phenomenal job with it. Yeah. Um, I feel like the dialogue was kind of back and forth for me in this episode especially but it also happens throughout the show of there's some really good bits of dialogue and some really interesting bits that definitely work Um, where there's definitely there's definitely moments that are written well that really hit impactfully that really Mm -hmm. are like little tips of the hat to the audience or really great character moments and then there's bits that are written that are definitely like written like really that was the dialogue you chose for that you know that was that was the direction you went with that like okay but for me in the first episode I felt like there was this really great juxtaposition that they just couldn't seem to meet for me of trying to play in a nostalgic 80s like show that they kind of put in the trailer as if showing like look we're doing the nostalgic 80s thing but also look this is a modern thing yeah. doing this modern He-Man and, like, and I felt like that first episode they really struggled to marry that together sometimes because it went really corny, cheesy 80s into something completely modern, different feeling, you know this ain't your grandma's He-Man sort of-esque thing, you know, it's a and it didn't quite match up and it's like, and that changed obviously going into the later episodes, like that feel because they clearly went for the new modern thing and the new storytelling Um. I feel like they were trying to do both in that first episode and I don't think they managed it well. I felt like they either go with what the trailer was doing and make it that completely 80s nostalgia fest type of show Mm -hmm. or just, you know, go balls to the walls completely. This is the modern take on it. Yeah. This is the new take on He-Man. This is what we're doing with it. It's going to be different. It's not going to be exactly what you expect, but, you know... I feel like to your point, Cross. Like I feel like in, in the in the promotion leading up to it, the trailer which we talked about, you know, even comments from Kevin Smith, he was they were pushing that that '80s He-Man vibe. You know, they were they were pushing that this is kind of what it's going to be like, and they were like, "Come on, come watch this show. It's going to be like everything you remember." And I'm not saying that my react my initial reaction is is warranted or you know validated or whatever, um, but it's just like you know w- once that first episode ended i'm like oh man yeah that was just like the initial thing i think that's the thing is like when you're going to it's not necessarily a bad thing to present something yeah. like that and then flip it on its head for everybody exactly and give them something like whoa i didn't see that coming but it's a big move to do that and you have to mm-hmm. be prepared for it to go wrong yeah and well, that's just like and that's kind of like what i was going to say with the controversy for this is like the whole way that he, I think for me what made this worse was like not the show itself but was Kevin Smith's reaction to people mm-hmm. you know telling the fans to grow the F up and this is the direction like oh my goodness you all thought I killed He-Man did you really think they were going to let me kill He-Man off and it's their show this is their big property and I'm like yeah. well yeah the thing's not had a decent bit of property out in about 20 years I don't know what they agreed to yeah. we just know that you sold us in a He-Man show and then killed He-Man yeah pretty much it's like but that's the thing is like especially coming as a content creator ourselves we are all twitch streamers we are all podcasters we are all and whether you do what we do whether you create tv shows whether you're on youtube whether you uh, you know create music whether you you know create cartoons whatever you do 
if it is meant as a medium of entertainment and you're putting it out there to an audience, you also have to acknowledge the fact that your audience has a right to respond how they wish to respond. That's part of putting out yeah. content creation. Yeah. It's like if people, mm-hmm. just because you put hard work into something, people do not have a necessity to like it and to give appreciation to it. That's part of doing yeah. it. That's part of being a content creator. You put your heart and soul into something that no one could care about. Just remember how how fans reacted to when Optimus Prime died. You know, talk, taking it back to what we were talking about earlier, that was not well received, like in general. And they had to backtrack oh, a little. That's why know? they brought yeah. him back. That's why they retconned it? That's yeah. why the next season they brought him back to life because it was like no one was happy at that decision. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, so, no, like, no. like you said, Log, though, like it, I'm totally cool if you know creators want to make these bold choices, and I think, and sometimes, a lot of times, it works. But the thing is, like, where you pick up from after that choice, you need to handle it appropriately. And not necessarily yeah. in, in response to fans, that's one aspect. I'm just talking about the property in general. You have to you have to elevate it to another level. If you're going to take this original concept that did very well, and you're going to kind of switch directions, I feel like there's a, there's a, there's a um, responsibility to elevate it now to something else. Yeah, and, and I'll say... Obviously, you know, as we're going to discuss the rest of the the series, there will be, you know, more to say about it. But I feel like the first thing I want to say is that I kind of agree uh, at the very least with the idea that in the immediate moment when that episode ends and He-Man and Skeletor are both dead, there was, I I did have that brief moment of, well, you just pulled the rug out from under me. This is not the show I was pitched. Um, And, and you know like i said for me i was just like well that's bold though like you mm-hmm. gave me something i never would have expected out of something that to a certain degree i on my own made the decision to come into with an expectation yeah like i knew i knew he-man from from growing up yeah and you pitched me a new he-man show and that was it and and i filled in the it will be more of that on my that's own true. and i think a lot of us did that's fair and so it's not unfair that that a lot of people uh had that 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 pulled rug moment you know what i mean cuz that really whether they intended for us to get that from it or not that doesn't change that that's what we got from the trailers and the the pitch and the announcement is we're getting more he-man and then you killed him and it's like okay well <laughs> there's no more if he's dead you know and i feel like uh to what you were saying about um you have to you have to handle it a certain way after making that decision um and especially differentiating the two like your reaction to the fans and what you've done with the property i feel like uh, at least for me for for how i felt about the rest of the show especially by the time i was done one was handled very well and the other one was very not yeah. You know, I feel like if he had just let the show speak for itself, we probably wouldn't even be discussing it. Obviously. I agree. You yeah. know. Um Yeah. I and like I said, I, I hadn't heard that. I, I heard his response was along the lines of, You don't understand the property if you're mad at me for this. Uh, I had not heard anything past that, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. no, he so he went off through a little bit with it too far and it's like it was uncalled for. Um just to yeah. catch up, Santaro in our chat was saying, it's like, I don't know, there's been a lot of complaining that the show is woke and the women stole the show from He-Man and other BS like that. And, and like, yeah, I can see why people would be complaining about that sort of thing. And it's like, it's people scared of this part of this, like, you know, woke culture and, you know, we're going to get rid of He-Man and then Teela's now our main character. And I'm like, 
I, I have no problem with let me use this to transition going into the other episodes like because where it goes from here is definitely interesting and I said this to Nitro like overall the story of this series I found very interesting agreed because the end of that season of that episode one you have He-Man and Skeletor dead the sword of power is gone he unlocked the thing in Castle Grayskull so magic is essentially gone for the most mm-hmm. part or at least it's at its minimal so Eternity is having to like learn how to go forward as a place that's not of magic and then you find out that well Eternity was created from magic so actually the whole place is dying so we have to reignite it now Yeah. and that story and where that takes them and going to Subterney and Preternity which is basically heaven and hell for their world mm-hmm. which concepts we've never thought about um, and also with the the cult of technology and machines that have taken over and all this stuff and like all these concepts are so freaking amazing like this is what I want from this I want world building I want to because none of this stuff was there before none of this stuff it was a it was a general show of like Skeletor tries this new plan and He-Man goes in and stops him and they stop him and back to the normal way of doing things I'm like this is expanding the world I love this Mm-hmm. My biggest issue, and this is, her character is the only big issue I've got, was what they did with Tila. Because like there was potential for some great character moments here with her, mm-hmm. and I feel like they just didn't take them. And it's like you were trying to get me invested. Like, give me any other character. You took Orko, who is this annoying little poltergeist from the freaking original. Mm-hmm. And made him a character I actually got invested in. I got yeah. invested in Evil Lynn. I got invested in these other characters around them. Mm-hmm. But you turn Tila into this mopey, hey, I can do all this strong stuff myself. I don't need He-Man around to do it. Yeah. And I'm like, but she's so literally annoying. And you yeah, didn't I, give her a character arc to change that, though. I, yeah, I, th- I think she went that's mo- probably... She went mopey at the end of episode one because everyone lied to it and that did not change. Even when, like, when you get to episode four and she goes to Preternia and she's literally standing in front of her dead best friend. Yeah. She sees Adam again and it's like, are we going to talk about this? You know, since I'm dead and we're probably not going to get another chance to. It's like, no, I'm just going to keep being mad at you. And he goes, but I died. Like, I'm literally dead. Go on, Locke. I know I was waiting for Locke to come in with it. I have to disagree. I feel like her arc was much slower. And by comparison of how quickly the arcs took place for the other characters, uh, it's easier to miss. But I feel like she she did have an arc. But I do agree with your latter point there in that I feel like they threw it away in the fourth episode. Mm. Yeah. And fifth episode. Heavily in the fifth episode. Because you're right. She spends the whole tail end of the show right back to the the, the mopey... I'm not going to say that word. I have a word that I would normally use here, but I, I don't think it's very family friendly, so I'm not going to... Um, it's not a curse, but I'm still not going to do it. Um, but the, the point is, she she's just a, a whiny crybaby all over again. Uh, yeah. In in episode two, what ultimately convinces her to go on this quest? Cringer being like, "Look, your best friend yes. lied to you and then died, but 
is this how you want to remember him? Is this how you want to honor all the years of friendship and adventure and love that we all had with each other? Is See, I was mad at us because of that. I was wanting a lot more of that. I thought that was going to be yeah. a, that was an amazing character moment, and I thought we were Agreed. going to get a lot more of that, and we really didn't. Like, I felt in not that grand. I, I think for me, like in the first episode when she finds out the big reveal that adam is is he-man and her immediate reaction to that and then it just carried through that episode what was left of that episode i'm like i don't i don't know i guess my gut was like i don't feel like that that the response to that was not earned to that extent in my opinion i don't know i don't know i would agree with that because she threw away her whole life yeah in that moment and and to a degree i get it because it's not you she didn't just learn that all her friends had been lying to her that alone would not in any way i think justify that crazy of of a reaction by itself but then he died and they season a lot of it through the rest of the episodes very heavily that she had feelings for him mm-hmm I, I or both of them, I guess technically, you know, because she yeah. very obviously had that connection with He Man, but mm-hmm. she obviously also very much cared about Adam, who mm-hmm. she thought was a completely different person. Yeah. And so not only does she realize she's been lied to, but she also has to come to terms with the fact that both of the guys that she had these feelings for are a also people who lied to her, and b also now dead, and so she has no no avenue to to deal with that in a healthy way to process yeah. it. Like she's left with. Well, I learned all of this, and they died all at the same time. And so while I feel like the way they kind of presented the reaction, because she just stands there stone calm the whole time until Randor is like, get this traitor out of my sight. Yeah. And at that point is when she's finally like, emotes, boom, ah, screw this, I'm out. <laughs> and so, yeah. like, there was no seethe, there was no pacing. She didn't have her arms folded. She was just standing there calm as could be while all of this other stuff is going on. Yeah. And then, you know, she gets addressed and that's when it pops off. And I'm like, okay, that it it felt a little too explosive. Like you were too calm going into that moment. How did she get back in the throne room on her own two feet, calm, stone faced, to stand there through all of that? Yeah. If that was how explosive the reaction was going to be. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm with you there. I don't feel like it was I don't feel like it was earned in the sense that I don't feel like they built to it enough in the moment. It felt very out of left field. Like, I totally would have got if she'd had that moment right there when he died. You know what I mean? Yeah, do it if, in Castle Grayskull in right in that moment when it's yes. going on. Yeah. If if that had been the thing and she saw Man-at-Arms and he'd have been like, oh, Tila, I'm so sorry. And she'd have been like, F, you get out of my face, old man. Yeah. I, I totally would have bought that. Yeah. 100% yeah. right then Yeah, and there. 100%. It would have made know? more sense than just being calm calmly going back across Eternia, calmly going back into the throne room, calmly standing there while everyone else has a conversation first, and then boom, and erupting. It's like... And it's it like, felt more like a temper tantrum than anything else. Yes! Yeah. 100% yes. it did. Yeah. And I'm like, I... Yeah. And that's the thing as well for the rest of the show. I don't want it to be a case of like that. I'm mad that a woman took the spot that should have been for He-Man. It shouldn't have been Taylor. Like, I'm perfectly fine with taking that journey with her. I just felt like you didn't give me a character worthy of following because I felt like all you did was keep portraying yeah. this whiny, selfish, you all lie to me. Agreed. Yeah. Temper tantrum that's character. What... And I'm like, yes, okay, you can have that moment. Fair enough. If that's how you're ending episode one, fair enough. But give me something else to grasp onto. And I thought we were going to get that, like you mentioned, the moment when Cringer talks to her. 
especially talking about her fear and that she was scared yes. and I thought we were going to get that come full circle when she went to Praternia mm-hmm. and she's met with like the skeleton there who hints that he's Skeletor or that used to be his name or something but it's not him because he was in the staff mm-hmm. so I don't know what happened with that moment but and that, he's like, that's a weird one and I want to talk about that later yeah, yeah we're going to get to that and I like that but you can't be Skeletor because he's in the staff so are, are you a future version what who are you? He's in game Skeletor. It's like he was an you... original character. Yeah, uh, like from the original show. I mean, not yeah. this one. But like, th- there was definitely a hint there, and I'm like, I don't know what you're trying to hint at. But, but like yeah. when he said, "I'm going to feed on your fear," and I'm like, okay, this is coming full circle. Especially when she's thrown in the dark pit, and especially when she comes face to face with He Man, like a version of He Man, and she has to start fighting him. And I thought, okay, this is how she's going to have to confront her grief. She's going to have to confront this and start challenging this. How do you confront that fear and that grief and all that stuff? And you know what? How you do Walk that, kids? Off. You hit it. You hit it as hard as you can with your sword, <laughs> or your guns, or your magic, or whatever else. Because that's how we deal with stuff in Preternia. It doesn't matter that there's all this emotional stuff. You just hit it that's as hard with your weapon or Subternia. Sorry, <laughs> it's like you just hit it as hard as you can with your weapons, and we're going to move on from that because we beat that that bothers me for a whole separate reason though uh because that her resolution to that moment ties back into some stuff that was seasoned a little bit in the first and second episodes that i feel like we didn't get any payoff to either um i feel like they're they 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 set it up as if they were definitely going to make this grand reveal that tila is the priestess's daughter hmm and I, I, there are two specific things. Um, I'm going to say one because I can't remember exactly how the second one went anymore, but I'll, I'll mention what it was. The, the first one was at the end of the first episode when they had the, the moment where they were basically telling the audience we're about to kill He-Man. He's going to do this and he's going to die. Yeah. And Tila goes, if we're all about to die anyway, why bring us all here? And the priestess goes, I wanted to see you one last time. Hmm. And prior to that, on more than one occasion in conversation, they bring up she's an orphan. And yeah. through the show, she's an orphan. Yeah. And then, uh, oh, that's what it was. In the second episode, when they get back to the priestess, and she's like, I asked Evelyn to help me, and now I need you to help her. You got to go on this grand quest to save all of magic and all of Eternia. Mm-hmm. Um. Or, no, it wasn't the priestess. I'm sorry, it was Man-at-Arms. When they get to Man-at-Arms, and he's like, Tila, I have to tell you this. And she's like, save it, I don't want to hear it. And like, okay, there we are again. Somebody's about to tell her the truth. And that's part of why what you were saying before, Cross, bothered me so much, is that in that moment, she was still being the whiny kid about it. was, mm-hmm. I don't want to hear it. Me. And so we as the audience are now denied whatever that information was, which is annoying. But yeah. now so is she. But then somehow she still gets a little bit of a payoff in it in Subternia because basically the way she beat Scareglow, voiced by Tony Todd, the Candyman, by the way, um, hmm. was basically going, I'm super powerful, Glow. And then he's like, oh, no, light. And, like, that's how she won, <laughs> which yeah. was just a weird victory anyway. Yeah, but, like, yeah. she was all glowy, and that was oh, not, no, like, normal person overcoming your feet. 
Oh. <laughs> I mean, because like, that's basically what that's it was. Basically it was what all it was, dark yeah. and cloudy, and he was like, I'm fear, brr. And she was like, but I glow in the dark. And he was like, oh, no. <laughs> but I do, too. <laughs> Which, actually, I loved that, that they, they included that, because that was, uh, again, this whole series was predicated on cell toys, and one yeah. of the things about Scare Glow was he had a glow-in-the-dark skeleton inside the mm-hmm. toy. Yep. And they, they, I think they translated that very well on screen for the character again. I thought that was a really cool effect they used for him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was just, it was this really annoying moment where, like, we have these tiny slivers of character development for her. Cringer saying, this isn't how you want to be. And she cries and is like, you're right, I'm going to go on this adventure. And then she meets up with Orko and Man-at-Arms and she's like, I'm ready to forgive you, but I need your help. And then... He's like, okay, I'm going to help. And she's like, no, not like that. Go away. I hate you, old man. <laughs> you know? know, and then she then she has that moment where she's standing on the front of the boat with Evelyn. And they're like, ha-ha, I don't remember you liking this place so much last time. Tee-hee, weird bonding moment. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have the flashback sequence, either right before or right after that. And then something else happens. And she's just like, all right, never mind. Forget making friends with Evelyn. I, I loved the the Evelyn and Orko thing. I thought that, that was, was awesome. awesome. Yes, that was so good. Uh, Evelyn, Evelyn, I think had a more fulfilling arc. She really did. She had a phenomenal character arc. But then they did the same thing to her. They did to Tila. They threw it away at the end of the last yep. episode, and that yeah. drove me nuts. What was all just, this like character development for? Just tossing it out. All this window. character development because I thought this was that like she's actually going to say no to Skeletor. She's actually going to say yeah. no that he's back. She and, hesitated, and then she, she just went. But that's the thing. I think I hated that more was that she hesitated, and then she almost literally went, "Pah," and I went to walk over like a, you know, like oh, oh well, as if it was just some like little decision. And I'm like, "No, you've literally changed since all of that." You know, what I actually, mean? how many times over the course of the series did she make a comment about "grow up, little girl"? You can't let your crush determine everything you do. Mm-hmm. Very obviously, meaning I followed Skeletor because I loved him, and he's a yeah. douche. Yeah. yeah, like she was, she was also obviously very well, that, upset that her man died. Well, that was the bonding moment. <laughs> That's like, where that kind of started from. Was because she was like, "We're kind of in the same boat. Like you were kind of head over heels for He Man, and mm-hmm. he died. I was clearly head over heels for Skeletor, and he's dead. And now we're both having to deal with the loss of these guys that we were crazy about, and realizing that life has to go on, sort of thing. So like, there was a clearly that was meant to be a bonding moment, and. Yeah, yes. apparently nothing happened with that. She just went back to Skeletor and his new power, yeah. and it's like okay. Well, and so that was the last thing I was going to say about why that that irked me in the moment. But I'm I'm prepared to be wrong about it. Is what uh, Santar Rowe, Santar Santar Zero the person in chat pointed out, and I'm hoping this is the case that she joined back up with Skeletor so that she can help undo it later. Mm. Yeah, that, I'd be that up. somehow she's going to be like a double agent or something. I, I don't believe it, happen. but I want that to be the case. Yeah, I want that to happen. Otherwise, the kind of character arc we went in this, because like you said, like, and that's a chance to kind of transition over from Taylor stuff as well. Is like with Evelyn, the one of the best parts of that comes with Orko in Evelyn. I agreed. When like, in the library, Orko yeah. was this annoying side character that most '80s cartoons had. You know, I mean, it's like yeah. this. He was that annoying character. He wasn't meant to have depth. He was barely comic relief. Mm-hmm. He was not meant he to was, be that big he of was a deal. He-Man's, he was He Man's answer to Snarf from Thundercats. Yes, exactly. Jar Jar Binks of He Man. I mean, let's be honest. Oh, I'll do that. <laughs> let's, go <laughs> <to> <laughs> let's go. Let's go there. Um, 
And you, it's like, but that's the thing, he became one of these characters I was so invested in. Um, and a big part of that was the conversation he had with Evil Lynn. And the fact of that we, within his backstory, we got to see how much Evil Lynn has changed because we start off with Orko, like, obviously, like, after He-Man and Skeletor are dead, like, he's dying. There is no magic. And we see the whole thing of Man at Arms trying to get some magic water to try and help keep him going. And he decides to go with Tila and go on the adventure. Um, and then we get this great moment with him and Evil Lynn, like, where they're in, like, it's his world, his home world he comes from, or at least an illusion of it. And, like, they're in a big, almost, like, library-esque place. And he starts to give his backstory, which is more backstory than I ever expected in my life for Orko. The fact that his parents expected big stuff from him, so his name wasn't actually Orko, it was actually Oracle. But he couldn't pronounce that, so he said Orko, and it stuck, and he says, my parents were never so happy that it stuck, because yeah. he was he was the embarrassment, he was the loser, he was the one that couldn't do magic well like everyone else. And it, it adds a nice special twist to his character in general, not just... Uh like literally in general, but also in the narrow context of the show, because it shows that he's self-aware that he screws up. Mm -hmm. But if you really think about that, it, that means all of those times that he screwed up, he's also, he keeps on in the face of it because like, I know I'm useless, but I got to try to help my friends. You yeah. know what I mean? And I feel like that alone adds a ton of depth to everything that has happened up to that point. Yeah, absolutely. And, to give that character depth to him and then also to have Evil Lynn be the person he opens it to and she doesn't just shoot him down she doesn't tell him to shut up she doesn't tell him to bond it back you know what I mean it's like she actually talks to him and actually encourages him and even which when is a nice change of pace like, you know and even when they get, know. they get attacked like by the spirit monsters and stuff like that in that area and she's actually encouraging him of like that when he's saying I can't do it I'm useless I, like I'm not going to get it right she's like that's your parents talking that you can do this and mm -hmm. encourages him and has probably one of the most satisfying like ending arcs because he ends up being the one that holds back Scarecrow long enough at the very end to let them all get to pre-terny and essentially sacrifices himself. Mm -hmm. Um, which like the arc of like him, I I loved the moment when he started casting that spell and it started going right and he was literally holding Scarecrow back. Yes, and her response is to turn to Evil Lynn and go, "Look, Lynn, I'm doing it." Yes, that like was that, so that cool. moment of being so proud that he was pulling it off and wanting her to see it. And that he called her Lynn and yeah. the look she gave him in response. Yeah. yeah. It's like that that was one of the best character moments for me was for both of them. Mm -hmm. Was that relationship with Orko and Evil Lynn that I didn't know I wanted to see until I seen it and mm -hmm. it was phenomenally done. Hit you in the feels, man. That that yeah. was awesome. That was so well done with them. Um, but yeah, they were definitely... Hey, Redbeard, welcome on in. Good to see you. Um, but yeah, those were definite, definite um, big character moments for me in this. Yeah, I think that the speech between Cringer and Tila was... And, and that, the, the speech between Cringer and Tila and then the, the, the character arc between... Uh, Eva Lynn and Orko, I think, were some of the best parts of, of this show, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But they also, I think, presented two of the biggest issues that uh, that I had with the show. Um, in that, we, we beat this horse to death, so I'm not going to run with it here, but in that Cringer kicked off what should have been a long, 
arc for Tila that we didn't really get to pay off for. Uh, and then, like, I get gravity sometimes requires the noble sacrifice moment, mm -hmm. but how are you going to give me the full redemption of a character like Orko and his death in the same, like, 12 minutes <laughs> right after you've already made us deal with the fact that you killed off the main character of the show? Yeah. Um, and my aside to that, I guess, is we all should have known better than to think it was a He-Man show, considering the name does not, uh, the show does not yeah. have He-Man in the name. It's yeah. literally just Masters of the Universe, plural even. But I digress. Um, but so that 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 bothered me was that I felt like, a, a, and it gets worse in the next episode when they do it again. Yeah, I yeah. I think the the stamp they, of just ugh, for me. In one of the last episodes was again. I know we talked about it. Was when she meets Adam in Praternia, and they have that they have that conversation where it should be some semblance of like acknowledging what happened, and she just she's pissy about it. I don't know how. To, I don't. Yeah, and then I goes, would have settled for a I conversation. Died. Period. Yeah, they didn't yeah. have a conversation. They didn't talk about anything. Yeah. Even if she was being, you know, like pedantic about everything and like, oh, I'm not going to talk to him about it. Like, there had to be a moment where it came down to, no, we need to discuss this. Yeah. Why? Because yeah. I'm freaking dead and we're not going to get another chance. Talk to me. Mm -hmm. like, just and if anybody should have. <laughs> yeah. And if anybody in that moment should have understood that better, it should have been Grayskull himself. Yeah. Because he was the one telling Adam, you can't go back, buddy. And if you do go back, you can't come back. Like, you know, this is your one chance with these people. And then he was the one in the moment where Adam was like, I'm going to go after her. And he's like, don't do that, bro. And it's like, no, shut up. Let him go. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So let, let's rewind just a tad. So basically at, at a high level, the show towards the beginning, when, when they're trying to stop basically Eternia from exploding, um, the sword ends up splitting in half. He-Man's sword ends up splitting in half. One part goes to Subternia, one part goes to Preternia. So they spend the whole show after they get over the initial impact of He-Man getting murdered, or He-Man dying, rather. They spend the whole show basically in search with their swords. I don't yep. want to over oversimplify it, but that's the gist. Yeah, that's the um, thing. One half's in yeah. one, one half's in the other, and that's the rest of the first half of the show is we need to get them. Yeah, so <laughs> they... They, they they get the sword they get the swords they get the Praternia and then they get the one there and there's a whole awesome sequence with um, Roboto and, and forging the swords together but one of the cool one of the cool parts that I thought was there's this conversation that all the warriors uh, of Grayskull are having it's like around a campfire and Adam's there and Grayskull's there and other heroes from 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 past are there and um, um, and Tila's there and they're all talking about Adam. And they were basically like, yeah, everybody who dies comes here and they normally pick their better self, like they're the He-Man version of themselves. But Adam chose to just to pick his to pick that version, the normal the normal version of himself. And I was like, that is I thought that was a really cool call out that wasn't really dipped into. Oh yeah, they didn't touch really like, that and they should have like pulled out. I wanna I wanna see that yeah, I wanna, you know, pull that yarn just a little bit. What does that mean? What does that mean for him as a character type thing? But. Yeah. That's that's one of the things about the the show as a whole that that did get under my skin a little bit is they they peppered a lot of really cool stuff in there and then they're like doesn't this sound interesting we're never going to talk about it <laughs> yeah yeah and and full disclosure obviously the show is only halfway over we we understand yeah. that um, but just based off what we've seen so far yeah yeah but like I think that's the yeah. thing as well kind of like you said is like there's so many cool concepts in this show there's so many things you could have 
each of these episodes could have been an hour and expanded upon some of this stuff, you know, it's like there's mm -hmm. just the concept of going to Subterney and Preterney alone and exploring that could have been so much stuff, like the mm -hmm. the concept of that, like all these champions of Grayskull that came before including Grayskull himself, which Grayskull's actually a dude yeah first time I've actually really addressed like the fact of like he exists, it's not just like Castle Grayskull you know, Grayskull was the first these yeah. champions and like but all these champions chose their champion form to spend in yeah. paradise and then like he man went no i'm gonna be adam yeah let's explore that why did he feel that adam was his exactly. better half and it's like no we're not going to talk about it at all in any way or form it doesn't matter Locke has his hand up Locke is so polite on know. this show <laughs> Listen, you guys know me. I talk a lot, and I'm not trying to take over the show. I'm just trying Dude, to be part. We of always it. talk over each other. It's, yeah, it's we talk good. over each other all the time. Don't worry about it. There was what amounted to a throwaway line in that moment you were talking about when they were sitting around the campfire, um, that pointed out one thing that I thought was really funny, just as a, a comedy line, but then one that actually bothers me a little bit, because I feel like it, it kind of screws with the, the lore a little bit, Okay, was when Grayskull was like, yeah, no, they named the, the castle after me when they put up the, the facade, and if you've seen the castle, you know what a dubious honor that was. Yeah. And it was like, ha 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 ha, because it looks shabby and crappy on purpose, so that nobody would go there and screw with it. So, like, in the moment, in the comedy, it's like, yeah, tee-hee, that's funny. But what is the activation phrase for the sword? By the power of Grayskull. If he was the first hero, was he just that vain? Did they create the whole thing literally just for him? Mm -hmm. Like, what, like, I want, I need a second show just to explain Grayskull at this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you could totally you know do a I mean? whole thing on Grayskull. Like, how did you become champion? Like, is that thing of, like, okay, yeah, now there's a champion that fights on, you know, the good power on behalf of the power of Grayskull and Castle Grayskull, and like, and whilst, like, okay, Adam's dead, so a new champion is meant to be picked, that sort of thing, and that just kind of kept rolling on, it's like, but how did Grayskull get that in the first place? Like, how did you get, did you just stumble yes. across this place? Did you tap into this power? Did you, like, how did you get that in the first place? Like, I'm fine with him being the first one. Obviously, somebody had to be the first one. Yeah. I'm fine with Castle Grayskull being named after him because he was the first champion. Totally makes sense to me. But what, what trips me up is by the power of Grayskull. Like, how did that become the activation phrase that every yeah. subsequent hero had to use to trigger the transformation? Yeah. And and, and to the what you were also saying, Nitro, about uh, every other hero chooses their better form, mm -hmm. obviously that means he did too. Yeah. So, like, was he just a regular old dude that, yeah. like, got imbued with all this magic when those sorcerers trapped it in the orb? Or, like, I want some explanation for that. Yeah. You yeah. created this weird conundrum for me with a throwaway joke, and it, it just it drives me bonkers. Yeah. I almost see, like, because the thing that kind of comes to my mind, the way that my mind kind of gets around the whole power of Grayskull thing, is almost, like, when Grayskull died, like, that power has moved on, and because it was him that originally wielded it, it just kind of kept that name. But essentially, it's still well, sure. his power almost moving on, and it's almost like it makes me think of like in Legend of Korra when we get that backstory of how the Avatar first came to be with Avatar One. Is like it's when he dies, like it's that same power, but it just moves into the next person. Yeah, almost like a reincarnation. Like that next person picks up that same power in that sort of sense. But like that's the only thing my head can get to it. But I'm like, yeah, I definitely get what you're saying about it, though. It's uh. 
like how did that come to be named after him because you would imagine it was named after the power itself or it's named after the sorcerers or it's named after someone yeah i think i think the, well, I mean, the, the sorcerers that, doesn't even really have a name i don't think yeah i i think the fact that there are just previous he-mans is pretty interesting i, I that would be something that would be really cool to explore in, in my opinion or I don't know if they were called He-Mans, but you know, whatever the heroes yeah. before He-Man, you know, the champions. I think you yeah, have the to call them because one of the characters that they hang out with in Preternia is Hero. Hero, yeah. that's right. Uh, who this was his first appearance on a show. He didn't exist before the 2011 toy line, apparently. Oh, and then this is okay. his first appearance in a show. I read a whole lot of trivia. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's all good, man. Oh, that is one thing with the champions that I was intrigued with, though, speaking of some of the other champions, because we got introduced like Grayskull and Hero and some of the others. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a female champion who apparently doesn't speak a lick of English and nobody has a clue what she's saying. Yeah. But I was very intrigued by the fact of, like, all the other, all the men look like He-Man. And she, she looked like uh, the, pre uh, the sorceress? She looks like the sorceress, and I'm like, Okay, there's an explanation there somewhere that I'm waiting for of like why her better appearance because Adam's the only one that picked his lesser form, so that's obviously her more powerful form. Yeah. Why hers isn't? You know, she's not just like a muscle-bound like female version of herself. It's sure. like, but she's like in the looks like the sorceress, and like, is that a factor in the sorceress? Is she another form of the sorceress? Is that how the form? Is that how the power takes form in certain people? Or in well, and that brings me, or... yeah. Well, and that brings me to what I was saying earlier about this this secret reveal that that we better get in the latter half of the season for sure about Tila and her origins. Is she, is she actually the daughter of the sorceress? Like, is that the reveal we're gonna get? Is she gonna be the next champion post Adam? Is I he gonna? I thought she was going to be at the end of this. I'm not going to lie. Me and Nitro talked about Same. that. Like, see the yeah, moment I he was, was going to happen. See the moment yeah. he was walking to raise the sword before he got given it to raise. I swear she was going to get handed it, and that so, she was going to call on the power of Grayskull, and she was going to become the next champion. I could just that's swore what I was waiting that's what was going to happen at the end of episode and five. And he was just going to go be the, the, the prince and leave it at that? Yeah, just go be Prince Adam. He'd be the friend. He'd assist where he could. Maybe maybe actually learn how to do something in Adam form because he still seems to be pretty useless as Prince Adam. <laughs> so, a real quick Wait, well, he's, he's a real good uh, kebab. It's <laughs> <laughs> twice. Two times over. So, a real quick blip on the, the female champion. Her name is Kuduk Ungol. And she's the sorceress directly preceding Tila Na, who is I current I think the current the Grayskull sorceress. The current one is Tila Na. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I believe so. This I'm just I don't know where I found this, but I, a comic book resource. So, anyways, but yeah, yeah. So she was the previous sorceress, I think. So maybe they aren't setting up Tila to be the next champion. Maybe they're setting her up to be the next sorceress. Okay. And she's a. Yeah. Well, and then her and Adam, like, assuming he's not dead, <laughs> her and Adam get to continue. Yeah, because they made the they made a very they made a very specific point to tell you that once you leave Praternia, you cannot come back. So if you die, you die just like a regular mortal. So he can't. He died once, obviously went to Praternia, and then he obviously got murdered again. So I wonder if that'll hold, though. I don't I think mean, it like, will. I don't. I don't factor. Uh, I, I don't factor. I don't imagine that the show will like conclude with them jumping you know 40 years in the future or whatever and then 
he's happily off in the sunset. Don't get me wrong, but like, yeah, yeah. I feel like if he goes back and is He Man again, like if your reward for being the champion and defending Grayskull is life in Paternia, doing it twice should not preclude you from getting yeah. back in. I would think. Yeah, yeah. It, I think that's the thing is like, you know, I think he's basically taking it on the form of like that. Well, if he returns, but like. It's not like a natural thing of like he's going to wield the sword again. It's not a natural thing that he was going to become He Man again. It wasn't a a certain oh, that's fair. thing. That's fair. Um, because like just, but then again, they're even making assumptions of that because no one's ever left before. Yeah, you know they kind of made a point of that. I like that. It's like you you really can't come back. It's like, but from their well, understanding, you know? it's a one and done thing. I'm like, no one's ever left and came back before. And, um, but then of course. Uh, let's jump on a couple of the other characters we're almost at the two hour mark and there was a couple others that I wanted to at least kind of touch on uh, first of all I wanted to touch on Man at Arms mm. um, who's really massively bigged up going into episode 3 both literally <laughs> like he is like he's, we get to see him in action in episode 1 and he does a phenomenal job he is a complete you know badass complete ripping through people he he is like unstoppable and in episode two we start to get hints of like he's actually considered the most dangerous man in Eternia, even more than He Man. And it was like, Oh, awesome, this is gonna be really cool when they like go after him and get him to forge the sword. Then he gets sidelined. Yeah. And they're like, Hey, I built this rope hey, you built me and put your mind in me. I'm a robot that can basically do what you can do and can forge the sword. I'll go with them. It's like and it's like until I basically tells him go defend Castle Grayskull, and I'm like, okay, so we're just sidelining this guy who we literally just confirmed is the most dangerous man in Eternia. Except Why don't we unsideline him for five minutes? Yeah, except for like the five minutes where he like shows up on a jet ski, and basically saves us from Merman. Mobius. <laughs> it is definitely a jet ski. I I didn't even think about that until right now. He's yeah. definitely riding a jet ski in a He-Man show. That's yeah. awesome. Defeat Merman, voiced by Kevin Conroy. Just in case we hadn't mentioned that, it's like, which I like. I'm still in shock. I didn't catch that when I watched it until I read the cast list after. Like, really? They had Kevin Conroy as Merman? Like, okay. I got, <laughs> I got super strong G.I. Joe vibes from Man of uh, Man at Arms in this show. But yeah, like I think he was supposed to be like the sci-fi fantasy adventure correlation to it. Yeah, so. yeah and it's like. But like I love the f- I love the fact that he went against her will because he's like I need to make sure you're okay. Oh, your ship's here at Subterranea now. Bye. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go to Grayskull and not come in with you to hell. Yeah. Like, I was like, you literally defied her and came all this way, and now you're just leaving when they're literally at hell. Like really? I saved you from one whole fish guy. You're on your own from here. Sorry. <laughs> and I'm out. Exactly. <laughs> And then they pretend like everything's fine again because when they come back to Grayskull later, he's like he's like ripping through all these people that are coming and like yeah, the waves keep coming, and it's like they come every like thirty minutes or so, and like he's just tearing through them, and it's like yeah, don't get me wrong, sending him there was fine, but technically, couldn't you have sent Roboto to do that because it's him as well, and then we could have actually seen Man at Arms instead of Roboto for some of the show, yeah, yeah, but then you couldn't have had that same sacrifice moment. Because, like, there's absolutely no way Man-at-Arms would have been able to just say, yeah, jam a bunch of wires in my back and I'll forge a sword, you know? Yeah, like, and I'll just use this, hey, this room that you're not using for anything. Right We're going to turn it into 
I reacted and make them forge this sword, like, and yeah, it's going to probably kill me. And I'm like, I know this. I know this building is probably thousands of years old, but we're going to explode the top of it trying to weld the sword together. Okay. See, watching Thank what you. happened to him though. What would have happened to Man at Arms? Because that's who they came to to forge the sword. Roboto wasn't an option at first. They came to Man at Arms. What was he going yeah. to do to forge well, the okay. two swords together? In fairness, when they went to him, all they knew was that he was the only person with the knowledge to do it. They didn't know what it would require True. at that point. Oh, they didn't fair. really know what it would require until we got to Paternia, and they were like, we need a big old forge. And he's like, this weirdly nuclear silo-shaped room should be just fine. <laughs> like, this is perfect. Oh, it's got stuff to seal up the roof and seal up the doors to make sure everything stays inside and no one outside gets hurt. Perfect! It's designed exactly it what explode. we need it for. Good thing heaven created the exact thing we needed. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, okay. It's like, but I guess that was my disappointment. Was I felt like they were really building up Man at Arms, and then it was like, yeah, you're just going to go over here for a while. Yeah, yeah. Why Especially him, in that episode. Why give him that build up? This whole thing of like the most dangerous man in Eternia. He's going to come in like, okay, this guy's going to go into Subternia and like we're going to start, with, you know, opening a can down here and just ripping through people. Nope, none of that. It's okay, we don't need him to do that. We've got Roboto, who's kind of his mind, and Andra, who's, I guess, the stand-in as the gunner for this. Yeah. Because reasons. She, she was an interesting addition to the show in general, because, like, obviously they wanted this to be a little more New Guard. Mm -hmm. You know I, what I mean? I, and I feel like that's 100% why they sidelined Man-at-Arms so hard. Yeah. Was because he's very definitively Old Guard. They wanted it to be New Guard, I, but I very much got of, like, Xena Gabrielle vibes from Tila and Andra. That was very yeah, I the thought, kind of feel I was getting from them. <laughs> I was waiting for them to reveal that they were a couple. And yeah, yeah 100%. Like, I wasn't disappointed, but I was very surprised. Yeah, like I, I really I, felt like that's where it was headed. I, I feel like it was very heavily hinted at. I could have swore yeah. that was the reveal that was coming for her. I could have mm -hmm. swore they were in a relationship and then like nothing ever came from it. And like maybe they are and they just didn't mention it, but I'm like yeah i i was waiting for also, that and it's like that would have made sense from what they were setting up but they just just another lost plot point in the many that never went anywhere in the show well and for stuff like that specifically i feel like we've got to temper the fact that we're only halfway through yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. i mean that's, that that reveal might come halfway through you know the second half might reveal that but at the same time like i i was waiting for that to come at some point you know yeah well, and I was waiting for that to become a factor in why she was acting the way she was about and then to Adam. Yeah. Old but flame, new flame. That like, could have been a storyline there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If nothing else, you could have... You had a lot of interesting throwaway lines at various points through those five episodes. You could have had one that's like, I'm over you, I've moved on. You don't even have to explain that right then. We know there's more coming, but she could have said that even. Yeah. And that would have... That would have done two things, I think, in terms of character development. It would have given us the hint that there is that relationship with Andra, and it also would have given us a little bit more right. explanation for why she continues to be so standoffish. It's very hard to process. Yeah, would I would assume. Agree. You know, it would have been very hard for her to process. I'm here with the new love of my life, facing the dead love of my life that lied to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know like, what I mean, like. That's, and that would have made her whole thing more sense. But that's what yeah. we call character development lock, and we don't do that here. <laughs> well, not for her, anyway. No, not for her character. No, absolutely not for Teela, even though she's the main character of the show. Uh, no, no, no. 
let me catch some stuff in chat. chat quickly. Yeah. Um, first of all, kind of small is saying um, it appears the fact that Tilana is in fact the current sorceress. So you are writing that nitro. Um, Kind of small, she also saying, I just love the fact that they were like, we have to have mana arms to reforge the sword, but there was apparently zero chance that he would have actually been able to do it. <laughs> um, and then from Sintaro, like, uh, well, I mean, it's not that strange that two women um, are friends, though. Are just friends, though. I don't really recall there being any hints of a relationship. See, I, can, I feel completely different to that. I thought it was very heavily hinted at that there was a bit something more going on there. Maybe I was reading. I think it was a lot of subtext. Yeah, I believe there's a lot yeah, of subtextual stuff, but like maybe I'm reading wrong into that. Maybe they were just like friends, or maybe it was like a mentor trainee esque mm -hmm. thing. But I, I very felt like there was a bit more there. Yeah, it's absolutely plausible that 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 it is just a totally platonic relationship. That mm -hmm. there's no denying that. Yeah, there was absolutely. nothing explicit in the show that says no. That can't possibly be it. You're 100 right. Yeah. they could just be friends. That said. There were too many, for me, little parallels, especially through the flashbacks, which is something that I'm surprised we haven't touched on at all at this point. We killed He-Man in episode one, and then he was still very heavily featured in the whole rest of the show Yeah, via these flashbacks. And one of them in particular was when they went to Snake Mountain to get the, the cup from Triclops in the, the present day, you know, but then they did the, the past flashback where it was her and He-Man just at Snake Mountain wrecking it up, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Uh, but it, at one point in both conversations, there was a, if you go, I go. Mm -hmm. And it was, the first one was the moment between He-Man and Tila, and the second one was Tila and Andra. And we get a whole lot of hint through the show that she had deeper feelings for He-Man slash Adam. Yeah, absolutely. Than, than, than that. And then they, they do that with her and Andra. And that's what, for me, was the kind of subtext that was peppered in there. It wasn't anything explicit. It's very easy to to kind of you know hand wave away that it was just, well, they care about each other. They're friends, you know. Yeah. And maybe we're overreading in her feelings for He Man and and Adam too. Maybe there was no romantic interest between her and them, and and we're just seeing that where it didn't exist. Maybe they were just friends too. I don't know. I don't feel like that's the case. I feel like it was very heavily hinted, especially in the conversations between Tila and Evelyn. Yeah, absolutely. Because Lynn hammered hard on the, you loved him, I loved Skeletor, we're both stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Taylor never corrected you know, her on that. Not once. So, like, I think that's definitely, and I agree with you, and I, yes. think that, I think that context is there of, they were very comparing it a lot to Adam and Taylor to Taylor and Andra, um, so I think that's definitely... And their names are also kind of similar. Yeah, that's like, apparently she's got a thing for A names, apparently, that's a... <laughs> Alright, so there is one last bit I want him. to hit on before we fully wrap up, because we are already over the two hour mark for this, and there's so much... Guys, if you've not seen this show and want to go check it out, go for it, because there's so much stuff we've not even hinted. Like, we've not even hinted on, like, Locke barely hinted on there, like, Triclops and his, like, cult that are now in Snake Mountain that we've not even had a chance to really hit on, and the flashback stuff with He-Man. Um, but I want to hit on um, his lord and majesty of evil himself, Skeletor. Because we need to hit on him because that's how the show ends is with him doing something that, that a lot of people weren't happy with member of the comic clan and they are burdened hold on a second in the movie thank well, you lady petu lingra if i'm saying that correctly i am probably mispronouncing that horribly but thank you so much for that follow welcome to the comic clan we appreciate that thank you for joining that's us here today. Sam. 
Um, but I want to talk. I want to talk on. You got closer to her name than I did. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it's like I kind of sounded that out. there I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna get this wrong no matter what I try. Um, but yeah, I want to hit on Skeletor because I, I apparently it, like it rubbed people the wrong way how the show ended with him, and I'm like, actually, that's like the ultimate like kid idea. Yeah. Of like that, it's like what happened if Skeletor happen held if... up the the sort of power and said, you know, by the power of Grayskull, because like we always just assume him to be the like the equivalent of He Man. But like, what if it's he act- guy one. What if he activated yeah. the power of Grayskull and he became even more muscle bound and powerful and unstoppable? And I'm like, that's complete kid nostalgia, and I'm here it's for how, it. That it's is how, how you play as kids. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, first of all, massive shout out to Mark Hamill as Skeletor. Phenomenal casting, yet again. I, I I just don't think this man can be cast in voice acting, and I'm not going to love it. The guy does just such a phenomenal job. I, I am completely here for Mark Hamill and anything they're willing to cast him in. Uh, him as Skeletor, I am excited to hopefully see more of him <laughs> in the second half of the show. Yeah, look at that picture. Thank you, Locke. Look at that Skeletor. That's the ending image of the first five episodes, and I'm like, tell me that is not a, tell me that is not an image that you think of as a kid of like that Skeletor powered up like He-Man. I'm like, I am here for it, one hundred percent. Yes, it was awesome. I wasn't sure how I felt about it when I first saw it, and then after hearing you talk about it, Cross, I was like, yeah, that was actually a really good pull. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I looked at because really I looked at it, and I'm like, I don't know if I'm completely one hundred percent on the idea. Yeah. But when you base a concept on like that, it's him like, how would you make Skeletor more He-Man-esque yeah. on top of what he is? And I'm like, actually, yeah, that's pretty spot on. Yeah. That is, like, I'm I'm here for it. Like, this sorcerer who also has the physical power as well as the magical power. And I, f- I feel like they turned him into a bit of a punk at the beginning of the... Of the, of the I was not though. sold no, on Skeletor was- in episode one. He went down in one shot the first time we seen him. (laughs) There was one part where He-Man popped out at the beginning and Skeletor literally goes... (gasps) (laughs) I'm like, really? Really? Did you really gasp? Oh, man. Yeah. So I'm kind of glad that they went this way with him. He showed up at Castle Grayskull at the start of episode one and got knocked over in the first shot. And I really lost it. I'm like, really? This is how we're selling Skeletor, our big bad? And, of course, oh, found man. out apparently he wasn't the big bad until he was again. Wait, that's so funny. Which, I mean, in yeah. fairness, that's not out of character for his classic representation, though. He was true. he was almost as much comic relief as danger, if we're being real. That is true. But, I mean, come on, the first shot, though, g- give him something. <laughs> Don't do it right away. At least give him something in the first episode. It's the only episode he had. Man. <laughs> nah, I'm better over here. I'll stay over here. Oh. But oh, uh, but he they done him really well. I was really impressed with Skeletor overall. Yeah. There was definitely some comedic moments where I was like, oh my goodness. But um, yeah. But kind of like you said, look, yeah, that's definitely part of the throwing back to the nostalgic eighty stuff because why not? Why not throw that in there with him? Because that's what people know. And again, like we didn't see Skeletor for most of the show, except for like flashbacks and stuff, except for um, appearances like that, which were pretty cool seeing the interactions. And like we almost forgot about him until the end because Adam comes back from Preternia, 
you know, f after fully getting told that, you know, you might never be able to come back again, stands in Grey Skull. Which, I love the fact I was kind of getting snubbed by the sorcerers as well. It's like, you've done a very good job, Tila. <laughs> and it's like, Adam's just standing there like, oh. Well, that's a nice way to greet me when I came back from death. Thanks. I, I only killed nice myself. To you too. I only killed myself to defend you, but never mind. Um, but then, like, he goes in, raises the sword, goes to call on the power of Grayskull. Stab. And it's like, what the heck just happened? Yeah, and I did not see that coming, to be honest with you. No, I remember hearing someone say something before I watched it about him dying twice. But I'd completely, like, in the back of my head forgotten that something happened to him. And all of a sudden he stabs and the camera pulls it and it's Skeletor. And I was like, how is he back as well? Like, I know he just brought back magic, but that how did that bring him back? And yeah. reveals, like, yeah, I've been hiding in your scepter this whole time, Evil Lynn. <laughs> it's like, wow, he's just been I felt like that was... That was kind of weak, in my opinion. It worked. Mm. It fit the narrative. It got us where we needed to go. Goody goody. But I felt like that was kind of a, a, a BS. It was weak. I would like the better explanation, but also it very much fits into the cowardice side of Skeletor. I feel. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Like I'm going to, I'm going to like cast some little spell and put my essence in your staff until I can like grow my magic back or something like that. You know, like yeah, it kind of fits with him, but it is almost a weak thing of like yeah, I'm just back. I'll tell you what concerns me about it is that means A, either Evil Lynn had no idea he was in there, which is kind of the way they paint it in that moment, which seems very sketch to me. Like, how would you not recognize a whole other person existing inside your magical staff? It seems yeah. weird. Especially uh, since, like, the for the show, all she does is focus on that staff for pretty much the whole show. So much. Yeah. And then that also means if he was aware enough to pop out just in time to stab Adam, that means he's been aware the whole time. How so he, does he now trust her when she spent so much time trash-talking him? Yeah. I think we're going to see that come round. Like, I don't see Skeletor trusting her. I see, like, he's probably been watching this whole time, knowing him. Mm -hmm. And, like... I'm yeah. interested to see if that factors into her flipping sides again. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it did with that, but yeah, I don't see him fully. But then again, I've never seen Skeletor fully trusting anybody, really. You know, like... Well, except I've, for her. He has with her, but at the same time, like, I don't think he'd hesitate to toss her aside if need be. Oh, you no. Know, there's definitely well, no... Trust has nothing to do with that. He is absolutely an opportunist. Uh, opportunist, that is one of his defining traits. But then we get the awesome moment as well. He stabbed Adam, and we see, like, Taylor and stuff over at Adam... We never get the confirmation that he is dead. We never get that, so he very well may still be alive going into the next part. But then Skeletor does what only childlike wonder could imagine and lifts the sword up, calls <laughs> on the power of Grayskull, and turns into that monstrosity that you see behind Locke, this beast of a skeleton wizard. And that's they look sweet, man. And they that's where the show I'm glad end. they went. I'm, I'm glad they went this way with it instead of Masters of the Universe. Even though he specifically said that Episode Five was an homage to the movie. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I did not want Golden Pharaoh Skeletor. No, I'm glad they chose <laughs> not to do that. that part. 
I'm glad they chose to go with this look. This look is, yeah. Yeah. And then that's how they end the first five episodes, and we're going to be going into the second half with a possibly dead, or at the very least, nil power Prince Adam and a supercharged, super powered Skeletor. Who I'm kind of just, I'm kind of just looking forward to the scene when he walks back into Snake Mountain and sees that one of his previous lackeys has set up a cult in his house. Well, I don't know that that'll happen because if you remember in the last episode, Triclops was attacking Grayskull, and then he had that moment where he was like, "Let's go." <laughs> yeah, and so he did actually. Out. Yeah, he did. I like so. I just want to see Skeletor busting some heads. So like, I'm quite happy to see that. Like, I, I forgot Skeletor this supercharged. I want to see him doing something like that. You know? Yeah, that's that's my only concern. Is now we've superpowered the villain. How do you overcome that? And what does he do in the meantime, other than grind everybody to dust? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that's going to be a major thing. It's like, and and how are we then going to lead to? You know, Adam obviously being able to become He-Man again, or to throw on whoever's going to be the next champion to come and take him on. I wish we I... had more time because that actually rolls directly into something that Smalls mentioned in chat earlier, and something that I definitely wanted to kind of touch on with you guys. Um, did you see the DreamWorks She-Ra reboot? I have not seen it. No, I did not get the opportunity to watch that. I cannot recommend it enough. And comparatively, okay. I feel like it was the stronger show. Okay. Yeah. It got five seasons and had a very satisfying ending, I felt. Nice. Oh, okay. um, but the thing that Small said in chat earlier, and I kind of echo, is I'm a little bit sad that the way they did this show left absolutely no room for the two properties to interact in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, it's like because everything about them is wildly different. It would have been really cool to see there'd be some sort of crossover with that in the future obviously with you know Shira being He-Man's sister and stuff and yeah now this being a continuation of the old show there is obviously the possibility of wrapping that in somehow but there's no mm -hmm. way to tie it to the new one at all and that bumps me out yeah. a little bit like we could get our own version of Shira in this but it very unlikely is going to be the the version in that show yeah uh, but the reason that, I, that 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 made sense to me, uh, or that that connected to me, and why it reminded me of it just now was, as you were saying, is how do we see He-Man get his powers back? Um, and they actually have an arc for that with She-Ra in in the late. I don't want to say anything more than that because I really do think you guys should go watch it. Um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But in the later seasons, they 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 have something like that that comes up in She-Ra, and I feel like. It, they did a really good job with it in that. I feel like there's a lot of room to do it really well in this, but it's going to depend very heavily on how they want to explain away the power of Grayskull. Mm -hmm. Is it the sword? Is the sword just the conduit and nothing else? You know, like, can he call, could, could he call on that power without the sword? Like, what? that's a possibility, and, and we'll just have like to wait to see how that goes. Kind of like a Thor Ragnarok moment when he realizes he can call on that power without He's having not the hammer. god of hammers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sort of moment, yeah. Yeah. But absolutely, um, there's so many more questions to this, and I wish we did have more time. Unfortunately, we do have to kind of wrap the show. Uh, yeah. th there's so much discussion, and I have no doubt we'll bring you back on lock probably when the second half drops and delve into it a little bit more and see how it wraps up this it. first season. Um, guys, if you are not following Locksteady on his own personal channel, I absolutely recommend that you go and check him out. 
Look, you want to tell the people a little bit about your channel, what you do, all that sort of stuff? Um, yeah, I just, I'm a variety streamer. I stream primarily on Saturdays at 8 Eastern, and I do all kinds of, which, which way am I? Am I that way? No, I'm that <laughs> way. Over that way. Uh, I do all kinds of stuff. Um, I did a complete playthrough of uh, It Takes Two with my wife, kind of smallish, who was in chat with us today. Um, I'm planning more co-op stuff like that. I do Sea of Thieves with these lovely gentlemen from time to time. Um, I love puzzle games. I just did a complete playthrough of the, the game Superliminal. Um, Which is absolutely said, awesome. You know, all it was, it was so much fun. I'm so happy I played that. Um, but the variety part of the variety streamer is really kind of what I'm striving for in terms of what kind of gameplay you guys you guys would see with me. But uh, I'm very big on on chatting with people. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed this about me, but I like to talk. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's really my biggest thing is I just I want to. Hey man, <laughs> I just I really want to <laughs> I really want to build out a community where people can come hang out and chat uh, and feel comfortable and safe. Um, I will warn. I am not a family-friendly channel on my own. Um, I don't try to be overt about anything, but, you know, just putting that out there for anyone who may follow me over from here. Yeah, absolutely. He's not a family-friendly channel, but 100% worth following. Locke is one of the the nicest, kindest guys you will ever meet. His community is absolutely phenomenal. We would highly Agreed. recommend you going and giving him a follow. Yep. You will not be disappointed in that. Um, so we unfortunately have to wrap our conversation on Masters of the oh. Universe. Oh. Real quick. Real quick, I'm sorry. I do have something to interject. Cross did not know that I was going to do this, obviously. Okay. Um, but uh, since, everybody's, <laughs> since everybody's in chat, I wanted to give a special shout-out to my friend Cross. Um, you and I have been friends for a very long time. Um, and he basically, he pours a lot into this channel. And he, I wouldn't say, I would say, no, I would say that he basically single-handedly single runs this channel. Um, and not only that, for those of you who know him, knows he's super generous with his time. Uh, he has three kids. He has a newborn, and his oldest has autism, which most of you know this. Um, that's basically a full-time job in and, in and of itself, um, dealing with everything that comes along with that. Um, he has a full-time job outside of this, and he just he does a lot for the community at large. Um, so I, I kind of wanted to try to, to, to do something for him. I want to try to give him and Lady J, who's his wife, who pops in the chat um, sometimes, kind of a kind of a night out. To themselves um, so I set up a, a GoFundMe for that uh, I'll put it in the chat and cross again did not know that I was gonna do this um, but I'll put the link in the chat if you have been impacted by cross at any point or any level uh, and you have expendable income this is not a, a mandate or anything like that this is if you feel like it um, please feel free to contribute to that uh, we want to try to give uh, Lady J and cross an awesome night out so they can take a breath you know, collect themselves, and um, just we want to show them how much that we love them and appreciate them. So, but there's the link for everything. Sorry, I hijacked the stream, but I, I definitely wanted to get that out before we left. So, we love you, bro, so much. Thank you, man. I, I honestly, I'm, I'm so appreciative of that. I had no idea you were doing that. No idea that was coming there. <laughs> but thank you so much, and and yeah, that's all I can say. Really, just thank you. I'm, Kind of shocked at that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, now now it's your job to wrap up the stream. Yeah, now, now I think you're trying to actually wrap up the stream. Good luck. I know. Oh, man. Thank you, man. Yeah, dude, yeah. absolutely. But 
yeah as i was saying we've kind of wrapped up our conversation here on masters of the universe if you want to keep that conversation going go ahead and follow us on our social media or our discord and um, where we keep the conversations going there all the time also as well for anyone who has joined in and is following us we are on the road to 500 followers so if you have dropped us a follow and helped us towards that thank you so much head over to our twitter as we are going to be as we have a poll up there right now looking at what prizes to give away and once we have 500 followers the 500th follower will get a piece of merchandise from our merch store and then also on top of that we will be doing a prize giveaway for um, everyone that shows up to this following stream and we'll let you know the details of that once we hit 500 and uh, we had a couple of followers today so I think we're actually getting even closer we're down to like 15 or 16 followers till we get there um, I know dude we're so close yeah it's kind of crazy how close we are now uh, I will be back with you tomorrow night for Monday Night Crossplay where I'll be jumping back into some Kingdom Hearts um, I don't know what world's next. I think we're going to be jumping back into the Hercules world because I keep getting told by all the NPCs to, that there's events going on at the Colosseum. So I'm going to take the hint that I meant to go back to the Colosseum and do something. Um, so come and join me tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern time as we delve back into that. We've been having a lot of fun playing through Kingdom Hearts. That is my first time playing through it. So everything you're seeing is completely brand new to me. I've never played it before. And then Nitro is not going to be doing his art stream on Tuesday night, he said. And yeah, so I don't know if you've got noticed. It's a, it's a pretty big mess in my office right now. I'm getting ready to paint. I was going to ask if you're moving or something. Yeah, I had to take everything off the wall, and I didn't realize how many holes I'd put in the wall. So I'm going to have to paint and do some just drywall stuff. Um, so that's not going to be done by Tuesday is what I'm trying to say. So I will be on this week. It'll probably be Wednesday, possibly Thursday. Uh, but I will let everybody know in our Discord discord and socials so yeah so catch up in our discord and socials for that to keep up to date with nitro and when he's going to be doing his art stream for this week it will just be at a later date and then luck do you want to let the lovely people know when you'll be streaming over at your channel what days you stream and stuff uh, i don't have anything slated for this upcoming week other than saturday and i don't even have a game pick just yet um i do typically scoop up thursday nights though so um if you don't mind me pimping it i do have a discord server of my own <laughs> Uh, and that is where I post most of my uh, announcements as far as like when I'll go live. Um, and I also uh, host these lovely people that way, that way for, and this way. <laughs> and this flipped camera thing is screwing me up bad. No, dude. Um, <laughs> uh, announcements for these guys. <laughs> so anytime they go live, you get a notification from me over there. Um, when is the next Sparko? Or, or Twitter. That's a good question. Uh, so the next Square Go is probably going to be in September, uh, just because we've got some stuff coming up in August and um, it's already set up. But we're going to be doing the next Square Go probably in September. And yes, before you ask, most of it is your card. Yeah. <laughs> this man like literally sat down and worked out fights he wanted to see in our superhero Square Go and like redeemed an endless amount of matches. I, I don't think, actually, I don't think one even of, all your matches fit on one, one of card. them. One of them is Cross versus Nitro, so that should be very interesting. Uh, should be very straightforward. <laughs> don't I don't think so, dude. I've got we'll like a, I've got like 150 pounds, and you did. <laughs> hey, hey, who's drawing the characters? That's all I'm gonna say. It all depends on what they look like. Draw the and, side, and their sidekick. <laughs> that's true. You're uh, you're just gonna a little stick figure, dude. When he's done. <laughs> hey, hey but thank you so much for everyone that joined us today thank you to Locke for coming and talking Masters of the Universe with us today yes uh, thanks bro 
we are going to head Thanks for out. having me. I personally think the bagpipes are appropriately loud. Thank you so much, Kenneth Smallish, for that. Um, <laughs> we are actually going to go and drop a raid. We are going to drop a raid on One Geek 411. They are live playing through Psychboy, a big adventure right now. Uh, so we are going to go and show them some love. So if you can hang out with us in the raid, go and show them some love. Drop them a follow if you haven't already. And I will see you all again tomorrow night. But you all have an amazing day. And remember, you are burdened with a glorious purpose. Be cross, see luck. Take care. Have a good one. Yes.